0: episode 103 of flicks the six i'm one of your hosts anthony costanzo with me forever noise the man the myth the clown prince of podcasts alessandro bailsley say hello al
1: if it is to be said so i shall
0: all right also joining us for the first <laughs> time you may recognize him from his appearance on the spin Gene sports show gary garecki say hello gary you want to know how i got these podcasts on this week's (laughs) episode perfect see it was was, i I like it i like it already al you've been replaced on this week's episode i'm the joker (laughs) wow (laughs) we have trailers we check in on what we're watching we have fun and games all before diving into our flick of the week joker but first al what are you drinking
1: (laughs) What, what am i and gary and not anthony drinking um we are drinking two roads two juicy New England IPA. Is that like a Too Fast, Too Furious type of thing? So. Or? Did they use the numbers? Nope, no. Um, no, unfortunately it's the two roads with a TWO as well as the juicy. Um, <laughs> Vase on now managed ha- to put an 8 in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fate of the too juicy IPA. Um, there you go. <laughs> it, it is 8.2% alcohol by volume. It says to hmm. keep it juicy and enjoy it immediately. Which, uh, that's working out for Gary. Um, Here's to t- here's to taking the road less traveled in life and in beer.
0: Sure, uh, that's it. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, that's it. That's all I got. for
0: you. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, I was not able to pick this one up beforehand. So you guys, let me know how I it spent, was. I
1: tried so hard, damn it!
0: I know you did. I know you did.
2: <laughs> it's not fair. I picked the only Connecticut beer, and I was literally in a liquor store when Al texted me. <laughs> so I was just like, "Wow, what what are the odds?" So I I had the pick of the litter, but, you know, some of that New York stuff, it
0: doesn't make it out here, you know? It's okay, I mean, no, no matter what you say, it's awful. fault, so that's all.
1: No, <laughs> well, it is. I gave him a selection, and I figured, oh, he'll definitely be able to get that one because he's in Connecticut, just like two roads. Yeah.
0: And you failed wow. to give me one.
1: All right, well, let's cheers and ask because this <laughs> smells delightful from, like, even five feet away, so. I'm just going to cheers myself, I guess.
2: There you go. I'm not there.
0: <laughs> for those of you listening at home Gary is calling it on Skype so you might have some interesting different versions of recordings but we're gonna make it work we're just gonna stick with it uh,
1: yeah Anthony you're really missing out this is pretty uh, uh you pretty- know what Al you know I, what
0: <laughs> I don't wanna hear that I tried to find the juiciest thing in my fridge and that was this Julius from Treehouse and it is also a great job. It's like, <laughs> it is quite good I had so you know I mean, I, I'm yelling at you because you didn't send me one of those, but um, I did get two of these so that I can give you one that we could do on a show, and then I drank both of them. So, sorry about that. So, we're even.
1: So, we are even. Okay. We're even. Gary, since you have had the beer that I am having and we're talking about for the show, uh, what, what are your thoughts? First impressions.
2: Very full-bodied. I think I've had it once or twice before. It just surprises me out sometimes if I'm going to spend 17 or $18 for a four-pack. I'll probably just get Sip of Sunshine or I'll mm. try Lord Hobo or something else that's around. You know, Ooh, Lord Rose, Hobo. They're quite good. They do a lot of different beers, but, you know, Honey Spot, some of them aren't my favorites. This is a very good beer. It's very good double IPA. If anything, it's a little tinny. It's a little metallic with the first sip. Are
1: you drinking it out of a glass or out of the can? I did pour it, I'm saying. I'm just saying. Okay, because uh, I'm not getting the tinniness. I am getting okay. that. There's not only one juice, but two juicies in this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's very light, like pale straw, straw color. Um, it's a little hazy, as a good New England IPA should be. Mm. Um, not a ton of head to speak of, but um, the hop aroma is incredibly strong. Even like, when I poured it and had it sitting on like, the desk like three feet away from me, I was like, I could catch it like wafting towards me. And I was like, oh, yeah, Stings this is a good the nostrils. one. nostrils. No, but like in a good way.
0: <laughs> so, Gary, what is, uh, is what's your favorite style of beer?
2: Oh, uh, definitely IPAs, uh, stout as well, a nice barley wine. I'll drink anything that's over seven percent. You know, pretty much. <laughs> nice, 6. nice barley 5,
3: wine.
2: Okay, seven. All right. Uh, anything else <laughs> seems like a wasted time <laughs> <laughs> sessions. I don't really do them. Especially we're doing the Too Juicy. There is a session version that's a little juicy. That's great. Uh, that's 5%. It's just a little <laughs> juicy?
3: <laughs> uh,
2: so it's 5%, so it barely kind of reaches the threshold for me. A uh, little juicy is a pretty good session as far as things go. But, yeah, like I said, thousands, IPAs, double mm-hmm. IPAs,
0: all day. What, uh, what about breweries? You got a favorite?
3: I'm a big
2: Lagunitas guy.
0: Okay. Uh, nice. I okay,
3: good try.
2: I really like most of the things they do. A uh, L- little something something? <laughs> yeah, a little something something, a little something extra. They did <laughs> some variations on that. Uh, Laganita sucks. <laughs> Laganita sucks. The brown sugar substitute. <laughs> uh, Sierra Nevada, you know, they never disappoint me really. Every time I get a Sierra Nevada 12 or mixed variety pack, something like that makes me happy. If I'm a little, you know, light in the wallet, I'll get a Magic Hat variety pack. I'm looking for value. I'm looking for value and nice hop.
0: I feel like everything you just said could have been, like, names of horses in a horse race. And, uh, I don't want to be there. (laughs) Oats and barley.
1: (laughs) Now, You brought a couple of good beers to Alex's a couple weeks ago when we were there. Um,
3: Yeah.
1: What was the one, the one of them I really liked that I tried, um, it was the one with like the black was it like yeah. the,
2: black, the black black hog or IPA. Yeah, yeah. Good. Black uh, Hog that's IPA. It's one of their more popular beers. Um, it's really a fridge filler. It's about six six point five percent. You just wanted to have something on hand or something like that. It's not a bad way to go. They did just switch to four pack tall boys which is a little upsetting considering I would rather just pay the extra dollar for the six-pack and have the two extra beers as opposed to four-pack tall boys in general. And then their second, uh, I would say, most popular beer is the granola nut brown. So there's really not enough brown ales in the world.
3: That's one of them.
1: (laughs) I agree. We did like uh, the, was it, the, 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 the hazelnut brown, yes. the hazelnut nectar brown from Rogue. That was really fucking good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I think we did, a, we did a brown from Cyprus, I think.
1: We might have done that as well. And, and Newberg's brown owl is really good.
0: For sure, for sure. So for the listeners that don't know you, and honestly, I'd, I, this is the first time that I've beaten Gary as well. Why don't you, why don't you give, us, give us a little bit about you and how you and Al met? getting to know <laughs> you <laughs> Al is a very
2: good friend uh, of am very good I thought friend, that was a joke Alex Firestone so we are mutual friends um, That's
1: that's friend of the podcast Alex Firestone Naturally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you listening buddy? Hey, uh, buddy So we met we probably met at Alex's house uh unless so, Al came to Quinnipiac once
0: before but
1: I would know, say either It was either one of the visits to Quinnipiac, or it was Alex's 21st. would have been the first time we met.
0: Either way, it was booze Field.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, if it was... No, you know what? It must have been at Quinnipiac before the 21st, because if it was at the 21st, I probably wouldn't remember meeting you, because I don't remember anything past... 10.30 10.30 p.m.
3: Very
2: drunk. He was very drunk. He got a keg of shock tough. I've never been at a party with a keg of shock tough.
1: Yes, there was a keg of shock top for Alex's 21st birthday.
2: Oh my. Uh, hey, have a shock tough.
1: The party was supposed to start at 6. We opened the keg at 4.30. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so you know how that night was going to go because I, um, I overindulged.
0: <laughs> Classic, Al. Uh, so. This is not, this is no accident. You wanted to be on this Joker episode. Yes, yeah, he So, so clean- bad. When did you, is it, was this excitement before the movie that you wanted to be on it, or was this after you watched it?
3: Oh, it
2: was before. I okay. I mean, you know, it's a big thing, culturally speaking, and it's a pseudo-Batman movie. You sure. Know? I mean, anything that's Joker is just Batman, and, off of Batman, and <laughs> that's like the big three, pretty much. Whenever you make a you know superhero movie, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, those are the three biggest properties and have the biggest name recognition. Pretty That's much fair. before 1999, yeah. 2007 or whatever you know, whatever you want to tie it back
0: to, just right. Those are the ones that are getting people excited.
1: Well, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was Alex's birthday, and we were both in uh, and visited. We, he had a little party at his house and while we were there, Gary goes, oh, are you guys doing Joker? I said, yeah, I think we're doing it this week because I thought you were coming back Sunday, the day after we were hanging out, and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I think we're doing it this week. He goes, can I be on the show? I said, well, yeah, no one else has claimed it. Go for it. (laughs) Uh, A few days before, my brother uh, then was upset because I didn't invite him, and I was like, well, Gary got in ahead of it and claimed it, so you you get El Camino next week, man. Uh,
3: (laughs) That's
2: right. I
1: feel like I have a lot to
2: say about the movie. The podcast will decide that. This
1: Excellent. is going to be a long episode. <laughs> it's going to be, be long... good. Uh, also, we're coming off a large hiatus, which we probably should mention. We sorry, yeah. We're sorry for that, guys, because we, we had an episode lined up before the hiatus that we didn't record. We did not tell no. anyone the hiatus no. was coming.
0: we absolutely did. <laughs>
1: we <laughs> said it at the end of the episode.
0: <laughs> did we? Yeah, it's fine. Everybody knows. It's good. Ah. We're good. We're in the clear on this one. Uh, but I am back. I actually, while I was away, Joker came out while I was away, and uh. I, it was released in Italy as well, and I was like, part of me wanted to just go and, no, and see not. it and not understand what was happening, but uh, I waited. I waited. Oh, yeah, because it, it would have been an Italian and I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. But before we get into Joker, <laughs> let's talk about some news and nuggets. And uh, while we're on the topic of Batman, Joker, all that jazz, Zoe Kravitz cast as Catwoman in the Batman. I'm very excited about this. I think she's tremendous. Uh,
1: I have not seen her in too much other than the, uh, the Fantastic Beasts okay. movie. Okay. So, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm aware of her, but that's really the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head that I've actually seen her in. Big Little Lies. Uh, now, which I I mean, this ties
0: I into know. what we've watched or what we're watching. I, I actually finished the second season of that a few weeks ago. Uh, she's very good in that show. Oh. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm looking for a new Catwoman anyway. I think, um, you know, uh, the Selena Kyle that we got even in The Dark Knight Rises wasn't my favorite in a way. So it's been a real long time for this character to get like, you know, a proper showing and to have her be more part of the movie as opposed to just showing up on a motorbike and shooting Bane into a wall. Right. Did you say
1: that Halle Berry was not a proper showing?
2: I don't know what you're talking
0: about. about.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what if we can get back? Miss Pfeiffer. Michelle <laughs> oh, Pfeiffer?
2: Oh, yeah, Back to Pfeiffer. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's the best portrayal of Catwoman I think we've had, you know, other yeah. than anybody who's seen, like, Batman the animated series or even the Arkham games are very cool.
3: Yeah, that's true. Uh,
2: but to get that cinematically, you know, a woman in leather with a whip sure great yes.
1: <laughs> uh, so well, so so you are you are just blotting out the Halle Berry one. it just didn't happen
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay sticking
1: to a story I appreciate right.
0: that honesty time though did anybody see it I actually have seen it once I okay. have seen it oh right. well, I'm the only one that hasn't okay <laughs> I wasn't expecting really? it to go that way no you I didn't haven't see it had like just a pre-afternoon to be like, I'm
2: not doing anything. No, the, yeah, it we'll seems
0: be. like it might be the perfect
1: movie for a plane ride. Uh, but no, 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 I have, no, it's not, it's not good. It's it not hasn't happened enough there either. No, it, this, is, this is certifiable bad movie night. This isn't plain, is plain movie.
0: Alright, so this was, I had mentioned in the past that we had done, uh, been to a few bad movie nights with a friend of the show, Jesse, and he, that, I believe that might have been one of the first ones they did. I wasn't at that, though. Uh, okay. unfortunately but it would have been that would have made the movie enjoyable his, his bad so, movie nights are epic
1: <laughs> for anyone for anyone who's read on the spin tune anthony has his series of plane movies where he watches a movie yeah. on a plane and the being on a plane can raise its score slightly this is this is too bad to be dragged up by the plane this is a full-on bad movie night movie
0: all right i'm gonna <laughs> I, I, i'm putting it on the list now the next time i'm on a flight i'm gonna make this movie available to me We'll see what happens.
2: When I it's there's, there's a good ba- uh, basketball scene. It's very <laughs> daredevil, like 2003.
1: Well, it's the same time period. It was like 2003, 2004, like one of those years. Because I think I saw it in probably 2004, 2005. It was like on HBO. It was one of those like, you know, it's like Friday night. You don't have any plans. You're just flipping through channels and nothing's on. And it's like, oh, that's coming on in five minutes. I don't know. I might as well put it on. Like, at least Halle Berry's attractive and. While she is attractive, it does not make up for it. It's, it's a bad, bad movie. The is it- plot, um,
2: it, it revolves around cosmetics that are make you superhuman?
1: Um, yes, that, that is correct. Okay. <laughs> Just something to get ready for.
0: Okay, so, well, yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the Joker made cosmetics that killed you.
1: Yeah, no, this made cosmetics that wouldn't allow you to die. Yeah.
0: Interesting. It kind of went the other way there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm withholding judgment. I, it looks terrible. I know it looks terrible. I know it probably is, but I haven't seen it, so I can't give an honest review, and I, I, have, I, have, to, I have to get to the bottom of this.
1: <laughs> also, by the way, I forgot this, but Zoe Kravitz voiced Catwoman in the Lego Batman.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's awesome. So, so she's got a little practice already. Nice. That's pretty cool. I'm, uh, the more that I hear about that movie, the more interested I am in it.
1: Yeah, well we talked about it a few weeks ago, right? What they were saying that was gonna be drawing most heavily from, like what the inspirations for it were gonna be. Year one oh no, sorry, not year one. Um it was long the Long uh, Halloween. long Halloween, that was it. Yeah. Um assuming that they're still sticking with that, that would be uh would be pretty cool, I think. Yeah, who 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 knows? Uh because I feel and like things, also,
0: things change with that movie a lot, so we'll see what happens by the time it actually comes out.
1: The other bits of news on this front was, apparently, I don't know if it's still on, but there was strong rumors that Jonah Hill was was talking to play a villain in that movie. It seems like maybe the Riddler, but I don't think there's been any confirmation of that yet. And also, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon?
2: Yeah, there was a Reddit leak, so it has like a long list, and everybody's already slotted, so (laughs) it has Jonah Hill not as the Riddler, but
0: as the Penguin.
2: So that was the original rumor I saw. I would love that yeah so much. same
0: same i he Jonah hill's great like he can he can play some interesting parts, I feel like he'd be a good psycho, I know he's played one before, I just haven't seen that uh, but I, I i would totally be on board with that absolutely uh, there's a there, there, and there was a number of trailers that I saw uh going into Joker, and one of them that I have to bring up right now, and i'll uh bear with me for a second here but. <laughs> uncut Gems. Did you see this trailer?
1: Oh yeah, I saw that when, so, when
0: it first dropped a few weeks ago. It was, the, the trailer starts, and I see A24, and I went, oh! and then, the, then it started, and it's going, and I'm like, something's not right here. And then I'm like, why is that <laughs> camera off that guy's nose? And I was like, oh my god, and it's the friggin' good time, guys.
1: And I, yeah, I just, yeah. I, <laughs> I,
0: I, I'm not happy that I was able to call that, but I'm avoiding this movie at all.
1: <laughs> See, I, I could tell Come just from the cinematography. I was like, I'm, this reminds me of. up oh, yep, yep, the Sapti Brothers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> See, were... you now Gary, lo- Gary loves Good Time. Oh, no. Uh, so much fun. Oh,
2: God. Like that movie. You just got is... to sit there in the dread, and it doesn't, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> I wish we had already talked about Joker at this point. LAUGHTER I mean, talk about a movie that actually has something to say.
0: Ah. Uh, uh, good time. Well, uh, I, I,
1: I will agree with you on that, Garrett. Um, despite the fact that we're spoiling our Joker conversation at okay. this point. Um, yeah, no, there was much more clarity of message in Good Time than there was in this movie. At least
2: it subverts your expectations and, we'll... like, the robbery doesn't make any sense. I agree. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But the rest of the movie is gold. And where oh, it goes, really fun. And it's just an interesting night that happens over, you know, over a 24, 14-hour period, however long that movie place. Front to back, uh, you know, Edward Cullen, he just, he wants to save his brother. And he thinks he's
3: doing the right thing.
2: <laughs> and he's doing the wrong thing. But it's all he has.
0: Oh my god! But it's so bad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the, what you saw. The well, f- the cinematography was. I couldn't. I just couldn't deal with it. It would. I, the movie actually did make me sick, and that's probably just my own personal taste.
1: Oh, see, I didn't have an issue with that. Uh,
2: if anything, it was closer to like a Michael Mann sort of deal, like um, with, uh, Tom Cruise is a hitman, and collateral? he has Jamie Foxx. Yes, Clap. Oh my god! So I thought it was more like collapse more than anything else, but I like seeing I guess we'll get back to the actual trailer Uncut gem. I'm a big Sandler guy, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm really interested, I love punch-drunk love, love when Sandler goes dramatic, I think he can actually act, and 90% of the time he's just getting a paycheck because he can anybody would. And that's fine. That's just how he lives his life. Sure.
1: Well, I mean, all of us would love to have uh, all of us would love to have paid destination vacations with our buddies. Um, So I can't begrudge him that, but I also don't have to watch it. Um, That being said, I'm, I'm interested in this movie because it's not that. It looks like it could be interesting.
2: There's sports gambling. Me and Al are both sports guys. KG's in it. KG looks like an actual pretty good actor. I'm
1: interested. If you guys are out, you're out. It's got Mike Francesa.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I have a feeling Al's going to put this one on the list and I'm just going to have to go for it. But uh, I, will, yeah. I will agree with you that uh, in the trailer, Adam Sandler was selling it. I, I thought he...
1: He looks like a real person. <laughs> well, he looked like he actually wants
0: to be there. right, Right, right. <laughs> uh, and that, was, that part of it was appealing to me, but the rest of it and the feeling I was getting that was reminding me too much of Good Time was taking me out of the okay. experience. <laughs> that being said, there were a number of other trailers, uh, some that I'm going to skip over, but one in particular. Have you guys seen the Ford versus Ferrari trailer? Yeah. Yes. What do you think of that?
1: <laughs> Same I answer. Don't, don't
0: remember.
2: Uh, you know, it's Christian Bale. He's doing a thing. <laughs> Bale, <laughs> oh,
0: that's
1: right. Being this the great old man,
0: Christian Bale doing stuff. <laughs> See, like I don't know. I feel
1: like a I... car. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't. Rem- I I feel like I, I remember while watching the trailer. I was like, "Is this not? Is this just a remake of Rush with um, what's his name? Chris Hemsworth and um, the other guy who was also in um, the the bad guy in one of the Marvel movies, um, Daniel Bruhl." Um, yeah. I felt like I was watching a trailer for the same exact movie, except it's now a different old racing movie. I, I don't know.
0: I didn't see that one either. It was okay. Was it? I don't know this uh i now here this particular movie the, a couple of the big name thing doesn't really get me i don't care too much about that but the movie itself the way that was shot that looked very stylish to me i liked what was going on what i was seeing and i'm curious to see how it plays out it seems like it might be like a, a semi-entertaining pick to watch that is probably uh take everything with a grain of salt i guess <laughs> but uh i don't know it just it looks entertaining and i also I'm a big fan of John Barenthal these days, and I want to see okay. him. And, I don't know, and he I always like plays he the good. same role. He does. Angry Guy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but he's good at
2: Angry Guy. Yeah. I I'm think this is actually like the last Fox independent film that Disney bought in the merger. All oh, right. Um, Interesting. So I think this is going to be like the last Fox Searchlight film or whatever their indie sort of offshoot was.
1: I think they're going to maintain that brand because it allows that particular. F- like, I, I think I don't think Disney's going to meddle with all of this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: I, I'm just saying that this movie was paid for by Fox, like from okay. New Mutants, and now Disney <laughs> just owns it.
0: <laughs> awesome, Al. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you give us a new?
1: Um, I'm actually light on the news, other than. Are you guys familiar with what's going on with Fortnite? No. I just found this <laughs> interesting considering I don't play it. My sister is a big fan. Okay. Um neither of you guys plays it at all?
2: I think I played it once. Okay, so I, I do PUBG because my friend bought it for me, I'm gonna be honest. I I, I like PUBG. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> so, so here here's here's the deal. Uh Fortnite died. Um <laughs> I think over the weekend. Um the, you know, they have like different seasons where they change up the map, they change sure, up sure. Like, you know we- weapons and different stuff or whatever, you know, different seasons. Um so what happened was the world ended uh at the end of the season ten event, and it ended and it turned into a black hole and the whole like map died and everything and like it was unplayable.
3: Interesting. And
1: yeah, which I found kind of like a cool, like gimmicky, like event thing. Now everyone pretty much figured out. It. Like, it's not. Like, Is this the how the purge crash. starts? <laughs> <laughs> one, one would wonder. Um, no, I found it interesting because it wasn't like it just broke. Like, this was clearly a planned sure. thing. And when they've had outages, it was for before big updates. So everyone kind of figures out, figures that you know it's they're doing a huge update for the next season coming out or whatever. Oh, right, right. But I just found this like a cool gimmicky way to do this, where like like, some, like, rocket launched and it, like, created a singularity that, like, annihilated <laughs> the, the whole map. And if you logged on, that's all you'll see or whatever.
0: That's kind of cool. Um,
1: and what brought this all home for me was that today on, on Twitter, Lady Gaga just tweeted, what's Fortnite? <laughs> yes! Because <laughs> I guess Twitter was completely aflame with that oh, the last few days.
0: That's great.
1: <laughs> so, uh, I love when you see, like, people, like, trying to catch up with pop culture in real time, especially when they're Famous pop culture icons themselves. Is that um, innocent
0: or is it a serious troll move?
1: Um, I'm gonna guess it was innocent, like what the hell is everyone talking about type of thing? Like it didn't sound malicious, it sounded genuinely confused.
0: <laughs> That's pretty awesome though. <laughs> well, um, be even better is if these they made all this money off the game and they were like,
1: eh, we had enough
0: and they just shut it down. That would that would throw the world into chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, That's a Joker move. <laughs> I'm
1: sure at the beginning it probably was doing that, but uh, I think uh, um the, I think today they dropped the trailer for the new like chapter, the next chapter, because I think there was like ten seasons, so they're now starting a second chapter. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, here we go. There's a, a launch trailer that came out uh, this, sometime this morning, I guess. It was an official trailer. Um, following the game's big end of season event, Fortnite turned from a game of weird characters and ten year old teammates into a swirling black hole. It then to the internet's collective shock stayed that way. used <laughs> players join forces to decode mysterious numbers, play a hidden mini game, entertain themselves with speculation, spend more than thirty-five hours staring at what basically amounts to a screensaver. At that's... last we're free from <laughs> At last we are free from the hole and we'll be getting a new <laughs> <season> of Fortnite. <laughs>
0: that's that's pretty fun though. That's a, like creating a cultural movement like that. <laughs> that's kinda cool. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I guess it's a, a new, a whole new map, a, a battle pass trailer that shows possible new weapons and ways to level up. Um, so I don't know what it's supposed to go. Along. this is released this episode. So um, I still think I just think that that whole thing as like a, like a viral like marketing thing. I thought was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of trailers that drop, I feel like Gary's got something that he wants to say. Hey guys, <laughs>
3: did
2: you see
0: this Duelist trailer or what?
3: Uh, so <laughs> yeah, uh, like I definitely a really didn't watch reimagining it.
2: Reimagining of the character, and it was really great to revisit it after 20 years. You know, the absence of Eddie Murphy in everyday life is upsetting in general. <laughs> I'm glad we have like really sad Robert Downey Jr. who doesn't want to be there to replace him.
1: Are we talking about Doolittle or Dolomite with Eddie Murphy? Oh, Doolittle.
2: <laughs> Eddie Murphy was Dr. Doolittle of the 90s
3: or whatever.
1: Well, you said our life was missing, Eddie Murphy, and there's a trailer for a new movie with Eddie Murphy coming out, this so... You <laughs> back, uh, baby. I definitely didn't watch this trailer right before we hit record, so... Uh, me neither. I am perfect Herb- Talk <laughs> about it.
2: <laughs> no, when a the, when the trailer opens with, from the producer of Alice in Wonderland, my brain shuts off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, and Maleficent, and you just went,
1: uh. <laughs> uh. Apparently Maleficent was really good. That's what I heard, that, say, I've, I've I heard. I've like heard that as movies. well. I,
2: I think it's okay. I think there's a really weird rape allegory in the middle that's weird. And yeah, I thought that, and that was the like the whole movie. point. I, yes, that's the whole point, but it's a movie for children. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, they're teaching you at a young age that rape is bad. Apparently, that needs to All be taught right.
0: still. You know, okay. So back to Doolittle.
3: Back, back,
0: <laughs> back to Doolittle. Uh, watched the trailer uh, with Gary, and my, I just, what was the question? I don't know what that was. And now, and then I was curious, though, if there's a source material that I'm not familiar with.
1: Uh, Maybe. I, I think Dr. Doolittle originally was a, like a child, a children's story.
0: Okay, so in the first one that I could see that came out was in '67. Uh, well, movie, movie-wise. And I- I'm going to read you the description from IMDb for <laughs> '67, Doolittle. After the animal-communicating veterinarian goes too far for his clientele, he and his friends escape their hometown to the sea in search of the great pink sea snail.
1: So it sounds like that's what this one is going to be, too. Yeah,
0: sounds like that's, <laughs> that sounds like a kid's story, right? So maybe, maybe it won't be terrible. Uh, but did it's just guys not. Did you watch the trailer? Or... <laughs> no, no, I. <laughs> I don't. know. I, I. did watch the trailer. That's why I don't understand why. I don't think it is related to that, as far as the trailer goes. But I'm hoping that this is just a, a, a poorly done teaser.
1: I watched the trailer, and this is what was flashing through my mind. I couldn't take it seriously because I was just getting like images of other movies sure. that, when combined together, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And the ones that came to mind, really, first and foremost, was uh, there's some Noah's Ark vibes. Uh-huh. There's a uh, heavy Lion King vibe, mostly because, that like I said, the very first scene looks like Zazu coming in over the plains, the opening scene of Lion King. Um, Sherlock Holmes, for obvious reasons, Robert Downey Jr. doing a weird British accent. And also, uh, the movie that me and Anthony love to talk about on the show, 93 uh, Jungle Book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why does it keep coming up, Al? <laughs> well, don't give me this fucking trailer and we won't talk Ugh. about it. Is there quicksand? <laughs> well, they were out at sea, so I'm hoping not. You don't know. Gary, have you seen that movie? You know the one I'm talking about?
2: The, uh, the original, like the cartoon we saw as kids? Or? No, 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 no. The one that came
1: out in the 90s. with The uh, 90s
0: snuff film.
1: <laughs> yeah, the 90s snuff film with, uh, with Brandon Lee, Jason Lee, or not, not Jason Lee, um, Bruce Lee's son. Um, no. It was Bruce Lee's son Brandon Lee. It was Carrie Elway's. It was Lena Headey, very young Lena Headey. Uh, Sam Neill, Um That was awful. A couple of <laughs> random people who you've seen in things. A couple of ringers. That guys. Um, and yeah, it was. It was actually pretty good for the time and for like it was. You know, it was a children's movie. Um, but there's a scene that freaked me out so much as a kid. And I brought it up a few months ago to Anthony and he's like, Oh my God, I had no memory of this movie until you mentioned that. And now I'm getting like PTSD flashbacks Yeah, and it's someone drowning in quicksand and it's horrendous to watch. And (laughs) yeah, uh, actually, you know who it is? You know who that guy was who was drowning in the quicksand? I'm pretty sure it was Sir Roger Castle from the first two seasons of Game of Thrones.
2: Why? But like 25
1: years younger. Um, yeah, I recognized it while it was going on. I was like, this guy looks really familiar. And I looked at the movie. I was like, oh, my God, that's Roger Castle. Um,
0: and that's yeah. when it, we learned what it's like to actually have repressed memories that bubble up. <laughs> that was
1: terrifying. Well, there was, no more, there was no more bubbles after that scene.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 Gary, we'll, we'll have to send you the link to that after we're done recording so you can see the scene. Because it's, it's pretty rough.
0: I think we need Great. to watch it.
1: I think we need to watch the movie as a group.
0: Like a group therapy session.
2: <laughs> uh. Oh, I don't want to know if it uh, exists now. Uh, <laughs> like this Kazam Kazam. Baron team bears, bears, team bear whatever.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well anyway, that's your little trailer though. That's uh that's that's it's just a it's a bad trailer. They're dumping it in January. That's They're dumping it in January. Yeah. It doesn't what are you talking about? It's like, Oscar Ask him, Kate.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, probably better than Roma. Alright. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> we have a, uh, a... a What's probably now going to be a reoccurring segment, uh, just because it's the second time it's coming up. Uh, a while back, I read a little interview with, with Tom Hanks. He had mentioned how he would love to play a Bond villain, and now that's all I want. Right? So...
1: We're gonna have a recurring, a bit of Tom Hanks as Bond villain. No, no, or? no a recurring bit of like Speaking actors. My language.
0: Actors or actresses saying a thing that now that's the only thing that I want. Uh, okay. This one is brought to you by Chris Evans at Ace Comic Con in Chicago. Absolutely, I would love. to. That was so sad about kind of finishing Endgame. Was just we were going to be we were going to get to, we were never going to get to hang out again. And I immediately started thinking, what else could we do? And I'd love to. We could remake The Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please wow. do that. Him, Robert Downey
3: Jr., and Hemsworth. That's, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I take my money. Yeah.
1: Just, oh, just, that, just that, that threesome from the end of uh, Endgame when they're, can, when they're all getting ready to fight Thanos. <laughs> cancel Doolittle. Bring this to light. This is what needs <laughs> to happen. <laughs>
0: this, is, this is gold. Did uh, you Brolin be the villain as El Guapo? Or-
3: yes! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be so good. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Tom Hanks is, as Bond villain, is I want that more. But this is a close second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Halloween movie season is upon us. And I was curious if you guys have any go-tos that you watch each year around this time. So we did this last year around the Christmas time. Uh, we watched White Christmas, and we did an episode on that because I had never seen it. It's one of Al's uh, reoccurring Christmas movies. So do you guys have uh, Halloween flicks that you go to that you have to see each year? I mean, it's just Hocus Pocus, really. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you?
2: I'm a big horror movie guy. I'll be
0: honest with you.
2: Yes. Um, So yeah, I'm a big Saw guy. Friday the 13th is my favorite series overall. However, when I'm flipping channels and AMC is just on, Halloween two and four and a one. Once we get really really close, but I do have a bit of a curveball. Okay. Cabin Fever, the original, the early two thousands flesh eating disease horror movie. Eli Roth.
1: Yeah, right. Not a, not a big Eli Roth fan.
2: No. Me neither. But I mean, just so campy and good. <laughs> Is that the-, the razor blade scene in the bathtub with the girl? It's
0: just so stupid but acted so well for what it is is that the one with the uh, i'm gonna call him sean hunter because i can't think of his actual name okay thank you right uh i don't think i've ever seen that so this is one that i so i have to watch that this season is that okay well can i blow your mind for a second did you know that this was a movie with an
2: unnecessary remake i did not know that. No. There is like a 2015, 2014 Cabin Fever remake that does not need to exist. That's pretty much the same movie, <laughs> but with all
1: the subtle humor removed. Oh no! So <laughs> See, <laughs> so like, I've never oh, seen yeah. it. I've never seen it. The original one was in what, like 2005 or something like that. Yeah, early 2000. I See, love 2002. it. Two thousand
0: know? two. We got here. Oh, two thousand two. Okay.
1: I know that that one is supposed to be really good because I know it's got like a huge plot twist at the end that's like actually a genuinely good plot twist and all that. But yeah, I, I would check it out. I've never seen it. It is one that I've kind of had on my, like, maybe one day I'll kind of get to it or whatever, but I'm not a big fan.
2: There's a lot of setup. There's pretty much one of my favorite just offshoot, doesn't matter, horror characters, Party Cop shows up. <laughs> and he's exactly what I just described. So. <laughs> Wait. Uh, Eli Roth has his own cameo in the movie as just like a guy who has a bunch of weed for some reason perfect
3: uh, nice nice
2: uh, very gross um, but it takes all of the 80s camp and it, it transports it
1: to today so <laughs> well, that's, that what I, out there. that's why I'm not a big fan of him is uh, the like, the gore is too gratuitous for me yeah that's
2: that's yeah. fair if you don't like Hostel, Hostel 2. I mean, those are just Saw rip
3: off And
1: yeah, I actually liked the Saw movies, though. Even those, the gore and those got to me too much. But I actually found like the, the whole story through the first several of them to be interesting. Um, yeah. with, with with Hostel, I saw part of it and I was like, ugh, this is this is <laughs> rough. This is rough watching. Um, and The Green Inferno. Honestly, even just the trailer made me a little bit uh, messed uh, up a little
2: bit. I'm I'm happy I finally saw it, but I agree. I mean. Eli Roth does not make good movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't what I get out of.
0: No. Nope. Uh, fair enough. Uh, there was a sequel? Did you see that?
2: 2009? Yeah. And it, Spring... Uh, spring Fever. <laughs> spring Fever. So that takes pretty much all the really... It just goes so much farther in the comedy and all set up. You care less about the characters, mm. like, when you cast writers strong, for most of the people like our age, we're just like, oh, Sean, Sean Hunter, right. we want him to live, you know, and they just they have, like, hot chicks in the woods and the classic, like, uh, horror shitheads that you want to die. So it's right. the basic setup. The second one, you just want everyone to die, and everybody <laughs> does die.
0: <laughs> Kill them all. Uh, you said, you had mentioned... What Friday the th- Friday the Thirteenth is your favorite? Is that? Yeah. Music? Now, you, like original. Um, not so much.
2: Four and seven and eight uh, are my jam. Do they four, have subtitles? Four? <laughs> oh, oh, guess the subtitles scary. All right, seven <laughs> is the new blood.
1: Okay. Eight is
2: Jason takes Manhattan, <laughs> and four is the final chapter.
1: Yes.
3: Five <laughs> is.
1: Wait a minute, how can four be the final chapter when there's eight more of them? (laughs) That's right.
2: (laughs) Uh, Four is the iconic one that really refines all the different elements of the film. So, you know, just teenagers that you want to die, that are really horny in a cabin doing drugs. Right. And Jason shows up. It's got a young Crispin Glover doing a really awkward dance. Uh, (laughs) Um... It's just a masterpiece. I think it
0: introduced <laughs> Tommy Jarvis. It's just a uh, masterpiece. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh my god! Uh, how so? You you had mentioned you, you mentioned a couple of the Halloweens as well, right? Which ones were those?
2: Two, uh, two, okay. Two I think is my favorite overall. The Rob Zombie ones are awful. Nobody should ever watch them. I like They're the first just- one. Uh they're I, just white this, trash people screaming at each other. The second one the is first, horrible. First,
1: yeah, again, yeah so, a, a Rob I, Zombie I, movie.
2: <laughs> I like the, the first Rob Zombie Halloween more than Halloween 2018. I did not like Halloween Wait, is that
0: the, uh, is, that's the 2018, that's the one that just came out recently that they're making two more, yeah. right? Oh that man, was, I, I wanted to see that, I haven't, I had my, my expectations really? were high, but I, I haven't seen it yet.
1: Well, didn't you prep for it by watching the original?
0: I did, uh, and I. And then I mean, you never got to the movie. I know I never got to it. I, I hated the original, and it's just because it's the really? first. Time, it's the first time I saw it, and I realized uh, that had I had the history of it, I probably would have enjoyed it more. I get I get why it was good. Uh, it's not good today unless you have the nostalgia
1: factor. It doesn't hold up.
2: Yeah, I mean I agree, but more so with the early Friday the thirteenth. I think okay. Halloween one through three are still better made movies than Friday the thirteenth, one through three. Sure. However, once Friday the thirteenth really takes off, it's a better series than when Halloween takes off, which gets really weird and there's a cult and
0: Ant Man shows nice. up. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely put it on once on some random chat, and I was like, is
3: that Paul Rudd." <laughs> yeah, Paul Rudd.
0: That's like his third acting role ever. Amazing. First of all,
1: I'm pretty sure everyone at some point has turned on something like that. Seems like it should be too far back for Paul Rudd to be in, right. and you're like, "Oh my god, is that Paul Rudd?" Yeah, he's been right. the same
0: age for 40 years. So,
1: I, yeah, that's true. It's why he's <laughs> gonna be like the best-looking 80-year-old ever because he's <laughs> he's looked 40 since he was 20 and now that he's like almost 50 he still looks funny. so it's like it's really working for him. Um I remember I would do that when I was watching The Cider House Rules. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Paul Rudd." No idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh what about when they rebooted Friday the 13th? How did you feel about that?
1: I liked the
2: Michael Bay one. I think okay. the Michael Bay one is really well done. For what it is, it's well shot, cram a lot in there. It's like three different movies they pretty much put Friday the 13th 1 through 3 in one movie. Um. There's some good TNA guys. I don't know how. You know, a Michael Bay movie. There's some great kills. I think it's very self aware for what it is. Yeah. I, just, I, I wish it made more money. Yeah.
0: I actually, I didn't. I, I enjoyed that uh, that that remake uh, or re, whatever you want to call it. I never know remake reboot wherever um, we're at. Reboot. So yeah. Uh, I did not like the now. Granted, I didn't see the original. I didn't think the um the Nightmare on Elm Street. Reboot was very good.
2: I think that's okay. I is think it? it's scary. I think it's kind of scary. Uh, it was definitely. It creepy enough. I don't mind. I say, is it just Rorschach because you're a, your yeah, say, say, <laughs> just you're a Jackie Earl Haley fan? I think.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I was
1: gonna say it's <laughs> just because <laughs> you're a Jackie Earl Haley fan. Are you familiar um,
0: with the originals?
1: Yes. Yes,
2: I've I've seen most of them. I I was just more of a Jason guy. Sure. I like Freddy versus Jason. I think that's. A I've, great seen, I've seen that. Oh,
1: that was a funny movie. Yeah, yeah. I actually kind of like that. I mean, yeah. it's bad, but it was it's entertaining though.
2: Weird, Jason.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Kelly Rowland's in it for some reason because
0: it was 2003. <laughs> oh. All right, so so go to Halloween Cabin Fever is where we're at. That's what I need to. That's what I need to be watching this this oh, season. Oh yeah. All right, I'm gonna check it out. I'm adding that to list. Ah, what about you? You have any? You have any? Uh, You said Hocus Pocus. I mean, that's that's fair.
1: (laughs) Why? I don't know. I've never been a big horror movie fan. Hocus Pocus is a classic. That's fantastic. Um, I watched it the other night. Um, All right. uh, X loves your yabos. I don't don't know. I mean, it's just what's (laughs) up? I said I love your (laughs) yabos. He he loves your what? What do you call him? Yabos. Yabos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wait. Are you seriously a virgin? Yeah, I'm gonna tattoo to my fucking forehead. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I always like that one. I'm not a big horror movie fan. Like I've seen some whatever. Like some of them are good. Some of them are whatever. Like I said, I'm not a big fan. I was a big fan of the Saw movies. Um, I think I saw the first six.
3: Yeah,
1: um, I never seven saw those.
2: Right? Yeah, I never I saw the last, last one. one. Me neither. I saw the final chapter. Was it? Is
0: yeah. it worth it? Should I go back to it? Saw three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching Saw three. <laughs> um, uh, there's yeah, a new it's... one. There's Jigsaw.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, oh. I have no interest. Wait, that's in
2: 2017. Deep? It's a prequel, but it's uh, not really a prequel. Oh my god!
1: Something. Oh, is that what it was supposed to be? I, I didn't know yeah, what it the- takes place in the past,
2: but then it up- jumps to the future. It's
0: like a restaurant that doesn't know what it is. that's that's annoying
2: well that's funny because like when we were in high school and when we were in middle school it was like the slogan was if it's not if it's not saw it's not Halloween yeah whatever that you know slogan was and that was just so big
1: Uh, I remember I I saw the first one and really liked it and then I saw the second one in theaters and then I think I saw the third one eventually when it made it to TV and then I lost track of them and then the sixth one was coming out my freshman year of college. And one of my, like, like, flatmates, like, wanted to see it. And I was like, well, I didn't see four and five. And he goes, yeah, yeah. well, we're going to. And we went to Walmart yes. and they had, a like, a five pack for, like, 20 bucks of, like, yeah. the first five of them. And we're like, so we're watching all five of them, like, like every other day until the movie comes out. And I was like, nice. okay. And so I watched the whole first five and I was like, you know what? I dig it. And I like the sixth. <laughs> one well enough, but then I never got around to seeing the
0: 7th one. Same. I I, I would like to go back and finish that off one day. Uh, There's going to be another Texas Chainsaw movie, and I don't know (sighs) if it's another reboot, (sighs) or if it's a sequel or what, but uh, it's just, uh, it seems like the horror genre is a place that's like, it's ripe for something new, but like, it would be fun for someone to take that old style, that 80s, 90s style, and make a new movie in that. That's completely well, different. Just its own thing. and yeah, it can, it, can, it can carry on all the tropes and that would be great. It, I feel like it would be super entertaining.
2: I, did you see Texas Chainsaw 3D when he had the niece and he saves the niece at the end and they do the whole like...
0: They no. I saw the one with Mary Camden. What was her? Uh, it's, uh, Jessica Biel. <laughs> Sorry, that was a uh, uh, Heaven reference. Well, <laughs> wow.
2: It was an early 2000s one there's a 90s one with, like, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Oh, my God. Like they do try once a decade, and it just never works out. I think just because Leatherface sucks. <laughs> I mean, he's just a guy with a chainsaw, and if you come across him, he'll probably chop you up. But, Fair like, enough. But if you just don't go to Leatherface's house...
0: You're good, will right? probably be fine.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. Are, you, are either of you guys into. Uh, I'm guessing not you, Al, but are, Gary, are you into horror video games?
2: Ah, uh, those scare me because okay. I'm living them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil guy. Uh, sure. Yeah, mostly just first person shooters or whatever. Fair, fair uh, enough. I'll watch a movie because it's not interactive.
0: Yeah, that was a movie. There's a, uh, a, a game that came out a few years back called Until Dawn and. Brian of the Spoon and I streamed the entire game. We played it start to finish. And it is awesome. Like it is it is eighties, nineties horror movie as a video game, but you are basically making choices for the characters and it, and seeing how it unfolds because it's got like multiple endings, all that type of stuff. So it's really fun yeah. and it's got a replay value to it in that sense. Uh granted, it's a it's a long it's a long it's long to play a game in one sitting in general. Um this the Game itself is not super long, but playing it in one sitting, it is. At one point, Brian falls asleep. This is now. This exists on YouTube. We we streamed the whole thing, and it's up there. Uh, and I <laughs> there. I genuinely scream at one point, like out loud, for a slightly extended period of time because of a jump scare that really got me. And I don't know if it was because I was half asleep <laughs> what had happened, but uh, that was a very fun game to play. And I would suggest you take a step back. Okay. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's funny. I, uh, I'm gonna have to check out, or you have to send me that video. I at least yeah. want to see you. I, at least what is it? You screaming and waking Brian up? I will. I will. Uh, I'll have to find it for you. Uh,
0: so that's that's horror movies. Uh, every every I don't know two and a half weeks they release Star Wars with a new box art. Have you noticed this? Uh, so <laughs> I was <laughs> I was walking through Best Buy and. Once again, there's a Star Wars section, and it's all of the movies, all with, like, a, a corresponding box art. Like, they look like they're from the same collection, uh, and it looks nice. It's, like, a matte black with a, with a nice poster image on the front, uh, and I almost got suckered in again. Now, I've, I've bought Star Wars a handful of time. I've owned Batman way too many times. I, we, Al and I have spoken about this. I just got it again, so that adds another to the list which means I have Oh my god, what is wrong with it, you? They released them in 4K, and I bought them, and it's, it's in a really cool box, and I'm very excited about it. But I'm not gonna buy the Star Wars ones again until they release don't. the entire saga.
1: <laughs> I just, I, I actually just got one um, a few months ago, because um, I don't ha- I didn't have the original three. I had, not the original three, the, the prequel trilogy. I had two and three on DVD, and I had one somewhere kicking around on VHS. And when, when we were embarking on the entirety of the saga with Gianna, we said, okay, we're not watching fucking Phantom Menace on VHS, so I'm buying one through three on Blu-ray. And the, outside, the, the, original, the actual covers are the original covers, but the outside sleeve I, I liked, and it has like a different one, and I, it's somewhere behind me, but I can't reach in, I don't like it. I'm getting up and going around the chair. So, But,
0: ow. ow. I know I have the movie. I know I have Batman a hundred times, but come on, this time it came in this sweet, sweet metal case. Uh, <laughs> cool. And it's it's all, oh, that's so cool. It's
1: all four, and oh, but they're all steel books, and they're beautiful. Uh, and, and I had to Al. I had so to. which which ones which ones are in there? So just uh, the four the the Burton Schumacher, Schumacher. Ones? yeah yeah. Those, so, the, what you're things. saying is that you own an additional copy of Batman and Robin. I'm, I'm not
0: proud of the number of times I own the movie, but I do. And that's just uh, the. <laughs> I mean, it has this moment. It, oh.
3: Does it? What yeah. killed the
0: dinosaurs? Yeah, I see. There
1: he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't going dis- to. Uh, wow, I completely. Completely lost my train of thought, so I'm just gonna leave that one alone. While I was gonna, say, I'm just gonna dignify that with a response, but uh, I've struggled poorly with that. <laughs> While
0: that movie is ridiculous, the most ridiculous line comes from Batman Forever. Now you're familiar with this one.
1: It's boiling acid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, for me, it's either the back credit card or
3: mm.
2: I'll get drive.
3: Yeah, oh, it's, the it's a bad theory. credit card. <laughs> it, yeah,
0: never leave. home without, without it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm really, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to watch that in 4K. Just really, really seeing too much of it. You know what I mean? Well, um,
1: get- well, hold, hold off on watching it, and we'll do the bad movie night finally. Because honestly, I haven't seen it all the way through since when it originally came out. Okay. Dude, um,
2: Like I, I had those all on VH. Like,
1: hell <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, I mean, I got, I've seen little bits and pieces of it occasionally since then, um, although it's been a while since I've seen any of it. Um, but no, I only saw it all the way through once when it first came out, and even then, I don't think I hated it as much as, I, as it, the years have caused me to hate it, but even then I was like, this is fucking batshit crazy.
0: I, I was too blinded by the fact that it was Batman. Like I had the Taco Bell cups and the, all the all the things that you could get from. Well, you had, well,
1: I mean, listen, you had the fact that you were like nine years old. It was Batman. Yeah. It was it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. You you were going to be in for a penny, in for a pound, no matter what. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I was uh... a Umattherman twelve for a young boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know who Uma Thurman was actually that's not true because I watched with Anthony when I was a kid because Anthony is like what a year and a half older than me or two and a half, two and a half years older than me I can't remember now yeah. um, and year, I, we saw that we, we saw the Avengers the Avengers yes. with Ray Fien- with Ray oh Fiennes and Uma God. Thurman yeah we saw that before we saw Batman and Robin so. wow. and that movie was also batshit insane um, yeah, but... control the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there being sequences. With... Me. <laughs> I remember sequences of black and white. Someone getting murdered in the middle of the road. Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes and Sean Connery. That's all I remember. And and a, and a clear parasol inside of a greenhouse. That's all I remember from that movie. That's the whole thing. Okay, so I remember. To, uh, remember
0: so yes, it I did know
1: who Uma Thurman was at that point, um, but that is the only reason why I mean, those movies basically came out back to back.
0: So, yeah. All right, what are we? Uh, what are we watching? What's What's everybody up to?
1: Um, I'll I'll start it off because my intro today was from the season finale of Succession. Um, I know you don't watch Anthony Gary. I can't remember. Do you watch, Have you been watching Succession? No. oh God, you guys are killing me. So, uh, <laughs> Occasionally, over the course of the run of this show, I have declared, with all of the declarative power that I have, what the best show on television is at the time is the Americans. The Americans have since concluded and is off the air. Um, I passed the mantle to Better Call Saul, and I this may be the, the co-heir to the throne along with Better Call Saul. Succession is so fucking good.
0: We'll have to make it happen. Yeah, second season just you ended on keep seven. growing my list of required viewing and it's uh I'm going to be honest with you it's it's making me anxious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, no one told you to stop and go back into watching friends or whatever you whoa, were watching. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. That's just background noise. Huh? what was the other thing that you uh, um, went back and watched that was an older thing? Cuz you were watching uh, scrubs but then you the dropped office? oh the office, the office. I, I finished know, it. So- yeah, but that took, that took years off of your life, the amount of how long that show no, was. No,
0: no, it wasn't so bad. We actually watched it way too quick. Uh, it, was, it was really good. It was really funny, and it's probably one of the better endings of a series uh, as far as TV <laughs> goes. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's still it's not my favorite. It's funny. I think it's really good. It's not my favorite. You know, people are crazy about The Office, and it, I, I kind of get it if you were maybe watching it at that time. It's not the best.
1: It's just uh, not. Bro- Brian broke my heart like a week ago when he told me that he couldn't get into scrubs. And I was like, you're, you're killing me here. You're absolutely uh, killing you'll, me.
0: You'll, uh, you'll learn to just accept that, that Brian makes poor choices.
1: Well, I, I know this because, like I said, it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Or actually, I guess right at that point. Um, when me and Gary, you'll appreciate this. Me, Brian and Anthony were in a group message talking about something a couple of weeks ago. And I don't remember what it was that we're talking about. And me and Anthony both liked something. And Brian's like, yeah, I didn't really like it, but it's entirely possible that I, I'm just wrong. He goes, people say, people say opinions can't be wrong. He goes, that's not true. My opinions are wrong all the time. <laughs> and I said that, that level of self-awareness, I have, I have so rarely seen in this world. And I really appreciated that.
0: <laughs> uh, Gary, did you watch The Office?
2: no i i was out on sitcoms by the time i got to college really so parks and rec the office i was out i mean the last time i really watched sitcoms was that fox lineup pretty much like the simpsons arrested development stuff like that gotcha Hill, Futurama. uh i you know i, I was a big tool time guy i get the classics i watched a little bit of two and a half men okay um but those still fall into the sitcom category for me as much as people say that they're elevated comedy or, you know. When it comes to syndication and syndicated comedies that are still big, I'll do like Seinfeld. Sure. I'm not a big Friends guy. I'm not a big The Office guy. just never, I didn't, like you said, I didn't watch it when it first aired. Mm-hmm. So it's not as important to me. I would say the only thing that comes to like the cusp of that was like 30 Rock. But even then, I didn't finish Thirty Rock. So. Right,
0: right. Yeah, I, I tried to get into Thirty Rock a few times. Didn't really. I, I couldn't. But um, I, it's one of those things where everybody's it, like, you know, you gotta you gotta power through the first season, and I just don't want to. <laughs> it's not gonna well, happen. Get,
1: getting back to my original point of what we're watching, I um I watched the the finale of Succession, um just the season finale, second season. Uh, the first season I loved. The second season was even better, it was really incredible. All the little bits of things that didn't quite work in the first season, they either like eliminated, reduced, or smoothed out into a more like clear, like concise product. This season was phenomenal. Writing, incredible. Acting on all fronts is incredible. Um and the story really it was even better than in the first season, even though it's you know, it's mostly a continuation. Mm-hmm. um it's not really really a discrete. i mean you know there's the things that they're focusing on but it's all a continuation of what's been started since the beginning of the first episode um wait and, so,
0: sorry you fin- you just finished the second season is that how far they are or yeah yeah no the, okay. the,
1: the season the season finale was on sunday and gotcha. i just watched it i just watched it last night gotcha. um and and uh i uh i was a big big fan so if you guys are looking for something good to watch it's like a pitch black comedy because it's like as as much as it's like a serious ish story with dramatic elements they play a lot of it for humor even if it's not like the laugh out loud like slapstick they're not going to be putting a laugh track behind it sure uh but there is a lot of funny shit in it even if you're cringing through a lot of it um or like just want to be like ew like you people are terrible terrible people but you have to laugh at a, at a fair amount of it um but that that show is really 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 good um and then I also watched last week, the most recent season of Schitt's Creek made it onto the yes. Netflix. Knock, knocked that out in a couple of nights. So good. <laughs> it was really, really good. I know you and me were talking about it briefly on Saturday. Um, the funny thing was I was talking about it yesterday with my sister. She said she finally got caught up. She hadn't finished the season before. Okay. She was almost done with it. So she started the sixth season and she was telling me the other day I was driving and and her and her, her roommate from college, um, we're both fans of the show, and she said, I was driving, and I saw someone with a bumper sticker on their car that hey, said, you, David. David.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. I saw that recently, too. Uh,
1: I got really excited, and
0: I was the only person in the car, so I couldn't share it with anybody at the time.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, no. It's unfortunate. Karen, have you ever
1: seen any of that, or no? I, I guess you said you're not a big comedy fan. Uh, no, I, I mean,
2: I love uh, what is it, Steve Levy? or Daniel <laughs> Levy, or
0: Eugene Levy? Levy.
2: Eugene, yeah, yeah, Eugene thinking, Levy, yeah. You're thinking of the ESPN anchor.
3: Great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and all that, you know, like I said, I'm just, I'm not into sitcoms anymore. I can't do it. I don't know what it is.
1: See, yeah. I like ones like that, and that's what I've always said, is I've struggled with the ones like Friends or like Big Bang Theory, where it's like the can laugh track thing. The ones that are just like a straightforward comedy, if it's subject matter or if it's really good writing, that then I'm, I'm on board for it. Um, and I remember... I said it to Anthony a while back on the show when Schiss Creek was first coming out. I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. And I just completely forgot about it by the time it came out. I never watched it. And they were him and Kim were talking it up. And I was like, oh, it's all on Netflix. Then I have no excuse. Let me start getting into it. And I binged through the first four seasons. And then the fifth oh, yeah. one just came out on Netflix. And then the sixth season, the final season, will be out in January.
0: Well, <laughs> the thing is, you introduced me to Sick, And I felt the need to return the favor. Stick uh, was. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm going to do that two times over because we finished Fleabag and it is incredible.
1: I was about to pick that up and then I saw Netflix said new season of shit's great. I was like, nope, we've got to finish that first God, yeah, no, that's, <laughs>
0: that's fair. That's fair. So uh, I'm gonna,
1: I think I'm actually going to start that this week.
0: Oh, so you'll, you'll be done. If you start tomorrow, you'll be done Thursday. Uh, th- it's so good. <laughs> it's like it, you're not going to stop watching it. It's two seasons and it's over. That's it. Uh, okay. They might come back. Later, but there's no plans right really yeah
1: well she she's busy, right, Phoebe Wallerbridge, because she re- created and writes uh, for Killing Eve, which was the other hey. thing I want to start watching mm-hmm. and I just didn't see I thought it was on Netflix and it wasn't on there, so I have to find out where I can watch it. Um, I just I knocked out the first season of Jack Ryan real quick because the next season comes out in a few weeks huh. um, and then that was pretty solid uh, if you guys like a little uh, action drama type I stuff said, I,
0: I do want to check that out. Uh, but, uh, uh,
1: I've, I've talked about some jack ryan's and tom clancy stuff on this show before and too often recreations of that character and that world get it wrong and while they dramatically change some of the stuff as far as some plotting um because they're doing a like a modernized version of the character um unlike the chris pine one the actual character of jack ryan himself as played by john krasinski in this um, is much closer to the source material's actual character cool. than the, like, the Chris Pine one or the Ben Affleck one was. Harrison Ford, those movies are actually really solid, especially um, Patriot Games is actually a really good adaptation of the source material. There are some changes, but it's actually a pretty faithful. Um, that's a really solid movie. Um, and that depiction of the character is the most accurate one by far. Um, hmm. but I, I was a fan of this first season of the show and it's pretty quick. Cause it's only like eight episodes or something like that. Nice. Hmm. Um,
0: just, uh, circling back for a sec to Fleabag. Uh, it's like I said, it was, it's quick. Um, it's like I said, two seasons. It has a really incredible mechanic of the, of you are the conscious, kind of like the, the internal monologue. You are the Fleabag you are the flea bag yeah you're no you're, you're like the you're you're in there like face to face with the main character like she's talking it, it seems like she's breaking the fourth wall and talking to you but it's it's really her internal monologue like as the show's going on like it, like the thoughts that you're like if you were having a conversation with somebody and you had a thought and in your head like you're hearing that from her and it's really okay. the way they play with it is really cool and what they do with it in the second season is so freaking good <laughs> so i encourage you to to get to that uh, it's it's well worth your time
1: speaking of phoebe waller bridge me and gianna finally got to solo a star wars story last night and so she actually enjoyed that so i thought that was nice. interesting nice
0: so you okay so are you you think you're gonna catch up with everything
1: uh hopefully she's got to be back on track if we do rogue one next week we'll be back on track don't okay. no,
0: just skip it uh, yeah!
2: <laughs> skip, what, skip what now? It's really not a good movie.
0: What is <laughs> it? R- Rogue, Rogue One is okay. Yeah. I thought you liked Rogue One. No, it's okay. I, oh, you, I thought that was the one that you no, liked a lot. No, that's the one that you love.
1: <laughs> no, I know I did too, but I thought you really liked I thought you were projecting Guerrera on me. dies <laughs> for no reason. What's that? whole Guerrera dies for no reason. I mean, he was old and crazy. <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> and, and literally falling apart by the second. Uh,
0: I don't know. Did we circle Garrett? What, what were you watching? Did we circle back to you on what you're actually? So you guys want to keep
2: it on Amazon? Uh,
0: Goliath just came out with season three. I
2: love season one and two. One and two. Uh, gonna get into three. Okay. I just Billy Bob Thornton. He's a drunk lawyer. And that's really all I need from <laughs> it. That's all it is, you know, and that's all I need from you know, it. No, he's a silver fox, and he's going to solve the case. <laughs> <eight times laughs> and that's television. That's <laughs> awesome. Otherwise, uh, I did finish The Righteous Gemstones on
3: Sunday. Nice. How was really, that? really, really awesome? liked it. Watch it yeah.
2: Uh, it, I don't think it was as good as Vice Principals. I don't think mm. it is as good as Eastbound and Down. It just has a better cast.
1: Okay. It would be tough for uh, it to measure up. Principles. That was really. Yeah, amazing.
2: it's really hard. I mean, I wish they explored some other areas that they did not. It's very straightforward and cut and dry. But what you do get is very good. Okay. Otherwise, uh, just been doing kind of like a comedy Wednesday. Uh, with the new season of South Park and Crank Yankers, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia.
1: Mm. I, I, too, have been doing the South Park Always Sunny Wednesdays.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Integrity uh, Farm. <laughs> and they still got it. they still got that fastball, and they can, <laughs> they can take it out whenever they want.
3: Nice.
2: Yeah. So compared to, like, Family Guy and, and The Simpsons, you know, I mean, I think South Park is going at a much higher rate these days. And well, somebody's got it, I guess. Fair enough. Uh, more than that, you know, American Horror Story 1984 I've been watching. I think it's quite good. Okay. Uh, not as good as seasons past, maybe. Like, one and two are still the best ones for American Horror Story fans. But they're just doing campy, like, 80s slasher stuff. And That sounds appealing right, to me. Right in
1: your wheelhouse.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're pulling it off. Good enough to keep me watching. Nice.
1: Well, speak, speak, speaking of things that we will soon be watching, or at least I know Gary will, and I, I'm now interested in too. Um, I didn't realize that Watchmen was out this Sunday.
3: Yeah. Oh. Do it.
1: New, new season of Watchmen starts Sunday. Okay. Check I thought it was out. still a few weeks away. I know. It feels like it's always like six weeks away.
0: Wait, wait, wait. You said new season. There, there already was one?
1: The no no game. no let, oh, yeah the first okay. second, sorry, yeah, like the, <laughs> no no meaning new watch but not like the old movie from 10 years ago got like it. this the new show Fair enough. is premiering on sunday night cool
0: well, i'm i'm looking forward to checking that out uh what other news and nuggets we got guys
1: i'm good man let's do some
0: quizzes all right gary did you have anything else before we get into the quiz Quiz it up. All right, so we're gonna do something a little different this time. I'm gonna try to do two quizzes at the same time. So same question, hopefully, unless the quiz is jacked up uh, <laughs> for both of you. <laughs> That's and, gonna get
1: confusing real and, quick.
0: And we're gonna You've see, uh, we're gonna see what a uh, which Batman villain are you? All right, first question: Do you have a hobby? And here are the options. If crime is a hobby, dot dot dot. I collect things. Gardening. I like puzzles. Or gymnastic slash sports? I'm
3: going to go gymnastic sports. Okay.
0: Gary? Crime is a hobby. Crime is a hobby. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Describe your style with one word. Snappy, classy, sexy, eccentric, whimsical, practical, slick. Whimsical. <laughs> okay. <Al>? Practical. Practical. <laughs> All right. Someone screws you over big time. What do you do? Hatch an elaborate scheme, utilizing the aid of outside help? Who cares? As long as you have revenge. Terrorize them, kill the fool, hack their computer, steal from them, or prank them. Terrorize them. (laughs) 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 What did you say, Gary? Who cares? Who cares? What is your best physical feat of strength? Tumbling slash gymnastic? Sensuality? Agility? (laughs) Brain? Small but deadly, bare fists, or intimidation?
1: I mean, I want to go with sensual, but I'm going to have to honestly go with bare fists. Okay.
0: <laughs> Gary, sensual? Intimidate. <laughs> <laughs> Weapon of choice, martial arts, guns. My minions will take care of things. I already told you, my brain. Gun. <laughs> martial arts. Martial arts. Which is most important to you? Being loved, being avenged, being admired, being independent, or being feared? Being admired. Admired, what do you say, Being loved. Loved, okay. Screw rainbows, black or white? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, that's the question. (laughs) Black. Black. Eh? Which do you value most? Not sure. Chaos, love, knowledge of freedom, or power? Chaos. Freedom. Um. Got any pet peeves? Goody two-shoes, litter, stupidity, making decisions?
1: Wait, sorry. Can you repeat this?
0: Got any pet peeves? Goody two-shoes, litter, stupidity, or making decisions? Stupidity. Stupidity. Yeah, I feel like that's the only right answer. Of these, which is your spirit animal? Wolf, bird, feline, or fox? Wolf. Feline. All right. Here we go.
3: Calculating the results. The results are in. Al, you're the Joker. Really?
0: <laughs> nice. You're the Joker, the clown prince of crime. You're very dedicated to your craft, and uh, you know what? I really can't think of anything nice to say. To put it bluntly, you're <laughs> fucking crazy, sadistic, chaotic. You will stop at nothing to defeat your adversaries while murder and mayhem bring a big fat grin to your face. I
1: and thought I was the clown prince of podcasts.
0: You, Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, Gary, you're the Riddler. Yeah. You consider yourself to be quite the whiz kid. You're probably in the top percentile of your class and you prefer brains over brawn as your weapon of choice. Those who challenge you to a match of wits are sure to fail miserably. That was a fun quiz. What's next? Crossword? Sudoku? Alright, this was from Play Playbuzz Quiz. So, I assumed
1: I was going to be bang.
0: That's your. I, I mean, I would have just picked that for you, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, that, I just really wish it was just like Something completely off the wall was the answer, Was what it came up with. That would be really funny. If it was just like a random generator at the end, like the questions don't matter at all. <laughs> can, I, can I be that clay guy? Clayface? Clayface. Yeah, that's his name. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it for fun and games this week. Let us dive into our flip of the week. Joker, you guys seem to have some thoughts on this movie. I feel yeah. like I'm going to be on the other side of this, which is interesting and good. That's correct. Because we can actually have a conversation rather than just celebrating or destroying something together as a group. <laughs> That's true. Too often we both love or hate something. Uh, uh-huh. I texted Al when I left the movie, and I said that was a solid 8. I have since no. changed my opinion. I now think it's a 9. So, no. go on. Big <laughs> yeah. yikes. Yeah, so I've got, I've got my reasons, uh, and we'll get into those. But pre-spoilers, there are things that the movie, I think, does really well as far as music tone and atmosphere. Gotham City sure. is Gotham City. They did a really good job. Uh, the music choices, as far as the orchestration, and then the song choices that are peppered in are awesome. I think those are really well done.
1: I actually agree with all of those things. The problem is the bad so far outweighs it that the atmosphere can't bring it we, up to uh, anywhere near that high.
0: So the, the other the thing that I that at first I was not sold on was of all of these things that I thought it did well around the world, around the, the message of, like, what's going on, like, you know, with uh, basically the city destroying a person's mind type thing uh, and not really helping in any way, I, I didn't... At first, I thought they completely missed the mark on the Joker. And... Because you were right. The, <laughs> yeah, but the more I thought about it, I started to, I, I started to ha- ha- go back and think through certain scenes. Uh, then I had, then I was putting on my tinfoil hat, and then I went online, and there's other people that are also putting on this foil hat, and no. I, I, I am, uh, I am sold on a certain perspective. Of this.
1: So uh, okay. one thing I'll say is, for the most part, I actually thought they did a decent job of doing a version of a Joker origin story, meaning like what makes someone become the I Joker, disagree. but. It was just an okay version. There has been more interesting and compelling versions of
0: it. See, that's what actually bothered me was I don't think you are supposed to know. But, Gary, what were you going to say? You you said you disagree with Al.
3: Well, if if
2: you're not supposed to know, then what's the fucking point of the movie? Like, I'm sorry, but...
1: Well, that was something that me and Anthony kind of said before we saw this on some previous episodes because he said he's not a big fan of The Killing Joke
2: fine, then don't be a fan of the killing joke. There's like six or seven other iterations of the Joker that you can go to that are cinematic or film, you know, as a movie for people to enjoy. And if this doesn't line up with that as a whole, that's fine. That still doesn't really make him the Joker. It's still what you do with the two hours or 90 minutes or however long the film is. He's just a mentally ill man dancing in a room <laughs> uh, for most of the film. And, uh, you know, we will stay away from spoilers for the time being, but sure, I mean, anybody with enough money could have recreated or reenacted 1970s, 1980s New York. That's not hard to do. And, I mean, personally, yes, I've been listening to That's Life by Frank Sinatra for <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> like, that's a great song. And, you know, that's a Scorsese thing, is putting the Rolling Stones or other popular music in film that's a tool for the audience to like the film more. Even Marvel movies do that. So mm-hmm. that's not a new thing. Uh, well, let's, let's know, start with,
1: the, uh, I was going to say, uh, beyond that, let, let's continue with what Anthony was saying about Creating like the atmosphere or whatever, because there's some stuff we can talk about pre-spoilers. That let's talk about the things I actually liked about the movie, because that'll be easier. Um, So I'll start off with saying I actually thought that the movie, from a technical perspective, was actually really well made. Like there's some like beautiful cinematic scenes in this, like you said, there was some really good matching of score and music to Mm. the scene itself. Although I will say that at times it's a little heavy-handed and like overdone where it's like okay like just give me a little bit less than what you're giving me now but overall like that was all really strong like it's a very tight technical production it's a really well-made movie it's really nice to look at and listen to for most of it um and like like the times where they're like getting a little more stylized or whatever i was a fan of that sort of stuff hands down there's no question about it those are all positives
0: yeah Oh, I thought you, it sounded like you're about to like you're about to say something a follow up to that. Go on.
1: No, I was waiting for Gary to go because it sounds like you already started tipping off that point and I extended yep, no, to like Gary
2: <laughs> No, I also thought you were going back. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I mean, any Todd Phillips has made $150 one hundred and fifty million dollar movies. Made two hundred million dollar movies. Made blockbusters before. He knows what he's doing. He's not an amateur. And neither is Joaquin Phoenix, and those are two pretty good elements, just the script falls short for me, and in some of the stuff that other people on this podcast like or enjoy, kind of fall more into a gray area for me, where it's like, I'd rather just you make a choice and just give me an interpretation of what you want, as opposed to of being like, here's a scene, and maybe it happened, maybe it didn't happen. Here's Well let's scene, let's keep let's, let's keep that
1: short. for let's keep well, that for post spoiler. Try to be vague. Trying to be vague. Oh, yeah.
0: For for sure. Without without getting into that, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And normally that is my stance. I I don't like when you, I feel like a lot of times when a movie's leaving certain things up for interpretation, uh, it's a half assed solution, right? It's like they didn't think it through. And this is and it's probably the case here as well. Uh, my, I, well, actually,
1: I actually, there's only really one thing that I felt like they really left open to interpretation. It's something me and Gary discussed, yeah, just right. me and him the other day. And again, that's gonna be have to be really heavy. Yeah, spoilers. We'll, we'll, we'll do so that. So I, I, I had one other thing I wanted to get into then pre-spoilers because I feel like we can just talk well, about before, it I, again. It's another really positive from my perspective. Before that, the, the only thing I will say about that though
0: about uh, you know leaving things open ended. Uh, it, not making the choices, like you're saying, Gary, uh, that is a thing that normally bothers me, and I, I have to be, like, uh, full disclosure, you all know I love Batman, and you all know I love the Joker, yeah. so I have a... I... When this when we, this movie was announced, and I heard a little bit about it, and when we saw the first teaser, I wasn't interested. I didn't think it was okay. going to be good. Uh, as the buzz started to go around it, I got excited, because I wanted... I, I mean... By all accounts, I would want to like something like this. Um, I think I went in with a low bar and wanted to like it, and I did. And I could see the shortcomings, and, we'll t- and we're going to get into those post-spoilers. And I could see that I'm giving them a little bit too much of the benefit of the doubt when it comes to those things. And I, I don't think that... I think there's a lot of people saying that this movie is fantastic for different reasons than what, I, what I'm what i seeing. And I don't actually think that my, what I'm seeing is actually... I don't think it's going to be a popular opinion.
1: So the thing is, I actually... It's funny because both of us had like kind of the same starting point when we heard it was coming out. We both threw tantrums on this show, I oh, believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we saw the first trailer, I think I was more inclined to come around to you it are. than you initially. And then you were the one, by the time we were getting to like, okay, the movie's coming out, who's really all in. And I was kind of hemming and hawing we talked about that several weeks ago um so by the time we got to like i sat down to watch the movie i was like man i really uh, i feel like i'm not gonna like it but i'm willing to like give it a chance and when it was done i was like oh i actually want to like this movie but it's too broken for me to be able to (laughs) Mm -hmm. because like there's like looking at like it on like a, like corkboard like just putting up all the elements and like stringing it together it's like there's a lot that could have made like there's a lot of elements of what could have made a really good movie yeah that it really they could've. didn't su- they didn't successfully meld into a good movie
0: sure. basically
1: the best way to say it is i found that this movie was very much less than the sum of its parts
0: that's fair uh, just, uh, before we dive into the spoiler character, I want to circle back on a comment that we made earlier. I had previously, uh, I, w- I was not a huge fan of The Killing Joe. Uh, I went back to it, uh, reread it and I enjoyed it more this time and then putting it in context with, as an influence to the movie, uh, Taxi Driver as an influence to the movie. I didn't see the King comedy, so I couldn't say how that. Played into it, but I watched a couple of like clips from it, and I kind of I see I see bits and pieces of that influence, so that's kind of cool. Uh, this movie is obviously heavily influenced by those three things that have been it's been stated before, but you could really see pieces of that come through.
1: I read I read a pretty heavy synopsis. because I didn't have time. <laughs> so re- re- Gary flipped the camera on his phone, and we're watching him, his his cat
0: eat his leg.
1: Anyway, I read a uh, like a pretty heavy synopsis of *The King of Comedy*, and it sounds this is at best a really well crafted pastiche of that movie, and at worst, it's just an, an like a shameless rip off of it. You mm. know what I mean? Like, so from that perspective, I didn't even my review of this movie has nothing to do with that because sure. I read that like today. Um, and all of my thoughts on this have been pretty well formed since I saw it a week ago. Um, I there's just too many problems. But like I guess said there is actually one other really major plus to this movie that we can do pre-spoiler, and that's I thought that Joaquin's performance was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like he has to be because he's on screen every single second of the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it lives and dies. The whole movie lives and dies by the audience's ability to empathize with. The Arthur Fleck character, Mm -hmm. so if Joaquin can't pull it off, this movie, like, I would have walked out on the movie, you know what I mean? Um, And up until the end, you absolutely can empathize with this man, like, you feel bad for him he has had the deck stacked against him every day of his life and through this performance, you genuinely like, you feel bad for him when he continues to be down on his luck, when he loses his job all that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? You totally get it he's a loner and he's trying to be a good person, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For at least early on, like I, I genuinely feel bad for him. Like I <laughs> I thought the performance was really strong, the range of emotions and everything. The laughing was really interesting to me, especially because there was a variety. It wasn't the same laugh all the time. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And
1: like we you know what the, the reason behind it is. It was even kind of leaked out before the movie came out. He's has had a traumatic, traumatic brain injury that caused him to have. These sort of like psychological like breakdown or whatever that causes these laughs, and like sometimes it even sounds more like he's crying than laughing. um I thought that that was a really interesting way to to take it, where they're having different versions of the laugh because it's usually kind of just the same thing um like when he can't like, catch it, his breath yeah, that's yeah, scary so too. You have to, it kind of works as a it works as like a barometer for the scene and for each yeah. for his where the character's mental state is at that exact moment where. Is he laughing? Is he crying? Does he think it's funny? Or is he out of control? Not even in, like, a bad way, just, like, he truly can't control what his body is doing right now, you know what I mean? I found that to be an interesting kind of game to play throughout the movie, of what does this laugh in this specific scene mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point. Um,
2: I think it's pretty obvious scene to scene, and without going into spoilers, like, you know, I, this scene's in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. It's him on the bus with the mom, right. the kid, and he starts laughing. and That seems quite obvious that he is nervous, and that's what introduces us to that little. He's got a little card. I don't think it's a spoiler either. It's just a little card that he gives to people when he starts laughing, and it's like, "Hey, I have a condition."
3: That
1: um, was a nice touch too, both from like, just like, kind of like as a as a little snapshot of what a day in this guy's life would be like. And as, as well mm-hmm. as just literally from a narrative perspective, like him, like he's done his part to try to endear himself to people around him who are inclined to not give him the benefit of the doubt. Sure. So are there any notes
0: before, any more notes that we could say pre-spoiler before we left the veil? I,
1: I have a funny story. What I do have you a got?
2: funny story about how I saw this movie that's that spoiler related. So, I asked my brother, he didn't want to see it. I tried to go see it. I couldn't get anybody to go with me to see this movie. So I went by myself in a black shirt, sat <laughs> all the way in the back of the auditorium. Jesus <laughs>
0: Uh
2: oh, and I just felt like people thought I was going to pull something out during the movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you get up and the yeah, this- I I'm fine guys. <laughs>
2: Hey guys, you know, before and I got there right on time too, so the lights were oh like light down. Oh god. Uh, I felt so bad about it, but I was like, I got to, you know, I, that's not going to stop me from seeing this movie. People
0: think
3: that I, <laughs> I'm Well, kidding.
1: I, I we, we we got lucky. um my brother was was off from work the day that we went to see this. So, we picked a time that was like middle of the day where it shouldn't have been that busy. Um the two of us went together because I've said on the show, I go to some of these movies on my own if I can't get someone to go see it with me. Um, this was not one I was interested in going to see alone. It was also not one I was interested in going to see in a big crowd of people. And thankfully, there was only maybe 10 total people in the theater when we went to see it. So mm-hmm. um, the viewing experience for me was a little bit more ideal than yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, at least I was
0: aware, but... Oh, my you know, God, but what if, if you I just started maniacally anybody. laughing in the back of the theater?
3: <laughs> Here's the thing.
0: That's how you I get didn't shot. I not want anybody to get out, I would sit close to the
2: doors, not all the way in the back, so... <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> You guys never have me back on. Again. No, that's, <laughs> that's quite
0: all right. Oh my alright, with that, let us love the veil. From here on out, we're gonna be talking spoilers for Joker. Spoilers. Um, alright, so I'm gonna let you guys kinda of, kinda of run with this for a bit now. I wanna hear I wanna hear what you hate. Uh, I mean he's just
2: a mentally he's so unrelatable. Like, at least in the killing joke, he's a guy who's trying to keep it together, he has a wife or a girlfriend or whatever and everything falls apart, but he's competent. In this film, he's so incompetent. Nothing happens because he wants it to happen. It's all because life is interacting with him more so than he's interacting with life. And you know, if you show me somebody who's mentally ill or crazy from the beginning of the film and at the end of the film they're still mentally ill or crazy, that's just not character development. I just I could not vibe with him. I could not relate to him. I didn't get anything that was happening. Not my favorite part of the movie. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix did a great job with what he was told on set with Todd Phillips being like, do this thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, people think it's weird if you do this. Hey, just suck in your stomach and people see your ribs and it will be weird. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, I mean, if you made him more of an everyman, that just snaps or whatever, that would be better. But it's very clear through the whole movie that, I mean, he's just mentally ill. And even when they cut the funding and they take that away from him, they never go back to that. He's just as mentally ill as he ever was on the pills and off the pills. So, I mean, I, 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 my main take was if this was like a YouTube miniseries, or if it was just vignettes that they released like 20 minutes, just them on the train and he shoots the guys and then him in the hospital and he drops the gun and him on the Murray Franklin show or whatever, like that would be really cool. But as a movie, there's just not enough there for me to enjoy. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so, my main issue I don't want to get to just yet. Um, but there's so we've been dancing around it, but I think we've kind of alluded to it the fact that there's a clear issue of an unreliable narrator in this movie. Um, and I'm okay with that being a main part of your movie if you're doing that as your whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting storytelling device. The problem is, it's no longer interesting to me when you do it in such a heavy handed way. Um, because it's like they tee it up in the second scene. It's subtle at first, and then it gets so overt and heavy handed and ham handed. And that's kind of a microcosm of everything that they decide to like investigate in this movie. It's right in that first scene where he's with the social worker. Uh, at the end of it, he's when he, she said, you know, I asked you to keep a journal, and she goes, Can I see your journal? He goes, Um, yeah um just so you know i put some jokes in there i told you i'm gonna start a comedy career and she's looking at it and it's really dark and odd and it looks like the ravings of a madman um and there's some bad jokes (laughs) yeah there's some pornography in there there's some bad jokes bad jokes in there and she says uh yeah i don't think you told me about that he goes uh he says to her no i I know i told you that i was you know it's like okay here we go unreliable narrator and then the next, very next scene is him going home to his mom, and they sit down to watch the Murray Franklin show, and it goes into a full-on fantasy about him being on the Murray Franklin show. It's like, okay, we get it, you're doing an unreliable narrator thing. And then <laughs> very shortly after that, there's, he meets the Zazie Beats character, whose name I don't even remember. Sophie. And, Sophie, yeah. And so, like, and like within by the next time you see her on screen and every time after it's so blatantly obvious that he's imagining all of that because it's a classic case of she's never actually inter- interacting with anyone else on screen other than him ever and no one else like oh, reacts to her presence her daughter disappears completely from mention of, of in the movie like they're just going out on the town all the time and there's never a throwaway line about i'm so glad i could get a sitter This and that, she's like so and like into him out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. He's so funny all of a sudden. They do the thing during the comedy show where it cuts out to a flash of light. He like he hit horrendous to start. Like they do it reliably there, and then it cuts out in this flash of light, and then it's oh my god, he was so amazing. It's like, guys, like come on, like please be more obvious that you're just pointing at this thing, like, hey, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. Which is this is all supposed to set up the two big main twists of the movie. So neither of them are twists at all. No, it's choreographed, but the movie doesn't address it. So it's
0: there. You say the two main twists of the movie. I want you to say what those are.
1: The the one that he imagined the relationship between him and her Mm -hmm. entirely. It's like I said, it's like they're beating you over the head with the fact that it's not actually happening. Mm -hmm. They do a whole flashback. It's like two minutes. Yeah, and then then after all that, they're like, Oh, were you guys watching? It's like it's like the reveal of the prestige, but the prestige actually was hiding from you the whole time, and in this, they were never hiding it from you at all. It's there. This whole movie, it's like someone doing a bad stand-up routine, and at the end of every punchline, they're like, do you get it? Were you watching? Were you listening? Did you get it? Did you get it? And it's just so, like, it, it was so infuriating. Cause it's like, yes, I get it. You're doing the thing. Shush. Just, make, just show me the movie.
0: Sweet. All right, so let me, let me jump in here then. Uh, so there's, the, uh, if there's a scene that stuck with me early on in the movie that I didn't quite understand why it was in there uh, until I started thinking about it more afterwards. And this is what prompted me to start looking up some theories after the fact. Early, semi-early on, maybe the first act, there's a scene where it, uh, it kind of cuts. Uh, it's a quick cut of him slamming his head against glass. Mm-hmm. You call that? When
1: yeah. When he when he was in um in an insane asylum.
3: <laughs> right. But he hasn't
0: been in the insane asylum yet.
1: Um well he had already been under observation at some point in order to go see this social worker and then have received the medications for him having all different sorts of issues, apparently.
0: So the the aesthetic of that scene though, everything that's every all the colors, the way that it's set up
3: yeah, it's it looks th- like
0: it's going to be an Arkham in the present day. It is the same as what you're seeing at the end of the movie. Yeah, I know. So, did any of that actually happen?
1: Um, yes, probably, because I think that that shot was given to you in that way for <clears> two <throat> reasons. One, to introduce doubt, and two, for ultimately for it to parallel to you from, from those beginnings, those ends. You know what I mean? So, it's parallel storytelling.
0: So. I don't know. If for, I understand that it's a, it, it wouldn't necessarily be, I could, I could see not liking this as a solution or as a, as an interpretation. I get it. Uh, but I like the idea that the entire thing is fabricated. Maybe there's pieces of it. Maybe there's pieces of truth in it. Um, like maybe key things that happened are truths that he's kind of letting slip similar to, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker where, He's always telling a different story about how he got the scars. There might be some truth in some of them somewhere, but it's not really. It's just kind of him playing with it, playing with the person's mind of the story he's telling, kind of manipulating the person, just being chaotic in general. Like sure. He doesn't, not having, and I, that is, that's true to the Joker character, and, and that he, makes me think that that's what's happening. I mean, he has
2: the scar. Is, sure. in, this, in this, we don't know if he has cars are not. It could just all be made up. I mean, I didn't see any of that really, and what I'm talking about is like agency and the Joker making decisions and Joaquin Phoenix moving forward. He gets invited onto the Murray Franklin show, and that's why he gets spread his anarchy. Thomas Wayne politicizes his killing of Donald Trump's three sons. <laughs> And that's what starts the clown riot. Even on the subway, when he takes the mask off the guy, he punches the cop, and that causes the shooting. Mm -hmm. So, uh, from what I get in this movie, Arthur Fleck really does nothing. Everything happens to him, but at the end of the movie, he's still standing on an ambulance, and he has a big smile painted on his face. It just doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: You're right. He's a passenger in his own story. And I hadn't really even thought about it too much. That's,
0: that's if that's if those scenes are real.
1: So the thing is sure. based, based on what I've, what I've already just started outlining, and I have more unfortunately on all, not even just on this subject, on some other subjects, the problem is so much of this movie is so heavy-handed and overtly done that while what you're saying did cross my mind where it's a potential for like a Shutter Island type of did any of this ever happen, um, I think that's giving the script too much credit, unfortunately, because because all the times where they're trying to say, oh, did this happen or not? It's so heavy-handed that it's obvious that they're doing that, that I actually think that the narrative, from the perspective of like the structure of the narrative, is pretty linear. I don't think there was any sort of like, Nolan-esque jumping from timelines, you know what I mean? This was a linear narrative from start to finish.
2: Even when you bring up him hitting his head on the the jail cell or the Arkham State Asylum cell i just assumed he was already institutionalized because the movie states that he was abused as a child and has a crazy mother
1: and he mm-hmm. was separated from his mother by the state yeah. so that's what i'm saying those things are all overt and explicated in the movie
0: that uh, i don't think get, they're they're not clearly stated
1: they weren't clearly it's stated right. at the moment it happened but it was explicated in all the files that he read it, where to that eventually and I actually really like the Thomas
2: Wayne stuff I like the 1% stuff mm-hmm. I like the Donald Trump stuff I mean I think that actually makes some um, sense but they never follow through on it
1: Well, there is an, it, that, that stuff was an interesting enough for like a snapshot of the current place in time and how yeah. uh, this yeah. is cult- culturally relevant from what done. it is but now but it doesn't jive with the timeline that they're working on in the 1970s no, and it 80s it doesn't matter That's it a matters problem. a little bit <laughs> I mean, it's a cartoon universe, and they can't yeah. make it 2019, and you yeah. know, I, what it's they just do weird. With because it is it's just it's just conflating two separate things. Like, although, like in that time period, there there was these drawing from real life events that were going on, but it was like race riots, and instead, this is a like Occupy Wall Street, one percent, like overthrow yeah. the rich type of situation, which it's is a different a day situation
2: of what actually happened in real life. You're right, but. I mean, it just presents... It still uses Thomas Wayne, I think, in an effective way that he's a figure that stands in a way... I mean, that part makes sense to me.
1: No, in a, in a vacuum, you're right. I agree. I, I actually liked... I, I, first, I thought I was going to be irritated by the Wayne stuff until it became pretty obvious that they were setting it up for a is-he-or-isn't-he-his-child thing. Again, very overt and heavy-handed. Um, but what it, it is what it is. But that stuff was, was interesting enough I agree. And what the again the other twist with the whole thing with the mother, like it's obvious that this is something that not inherited from a genetic standpoint, but the mother suffered from psychotic breaks and now he does as well, and that sort of thing has been kind of passed on psychologically from one to the next. Again, seemed pretty obvious that she was not telling the truth or was believing in an alternative truth to what had actually happened. It's it's
0: it could be that's a thing though. A lot of the stuff, and this is what I had mentioned earlier, like, and it's, and it's okay to dislike this aspect of it, but a lot of the stuff is open for interpretation to the point I don't think, of... I
1: don't think most of it is, though. That's the problem. I because, do. And because as, as, as it was Very happening, I was, I was calling it out play-by-play play as it was happening, so... Yeah, I, and,
0: but you're supposed to, because he's, he is, he's spoon-feeding it to you. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the point. It's not... It's, I don't think it's real. I don't think any of it's real, and I think that it, it could be...
3: We'll a better
2: job. What's that? and do a better job like telling that to your audience,
0: but it's not in the that's movie. That's fine. That, I'm not going to argue with that point. I agree with you that, that
1: that's what makes or breaks the whole movie. Though yeah. I'm, what I'm saying you can't say that it's all fabricated. and He was spoon feeding it to you as a misdirection, unless you execute the misdirection at the end of the movie. There's no ever execution of that. This is why I said this is a pretty literal, like, narrative structure from start to finish. So
0: you had mentioned, I mean, there's, there's two ways to take the, the Thomas Wayne and Arthur's mother thing. Uh, there's the face value of she's crazy. Uh, and then there is the other approach that it was covered up by Thomas Wayne.
2: Yeah, this is my favorite theory. I uh, think that it is uh,
0: Thomas Wayne. I, I really I do like that too. I think that's that's a really that's a that's a big twist that I can get behind of being like whoa like if you're if you're gonna go like I assumed from the get go like it was not gonna be the case and that she was crazy but thinking about it a little bit more thinking about the way that Alfred kind of reacts to him yeah
2: how does he know all that
0: like right. how does he know all that? like you're adopted well yeah exactly <laughs> so Alfred's also I mean uh, what is he X X whatever government official like he he might he would have had the means to cover that up
1: yeah but I I also like from Gary's perspective so if he's asking how do you know that it sounds like this wasn't a one-off thing like she had to be institutionalized because she kept going at him saying he's your son he's your son he's your son if anyone was going to know about that if someone was going to keep turning up to berate Thomas Wayne Alfred would be the one to know about it right so there's a reason why he would know it. It's not really a jump to, like, figure out, like, why he would be up-to-date on the whole situation. Maybe. It's why he doesn't recognize him when he shows up, but then when he says, oh, like, my name's Arthur Fleck, and he's like, oh, Fleck, there we go. Your mom's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I do,
0: I, I kind of like to, to, to dive into that one a little bit and think about that, of, like, him covering it up, because I like that uh, Thomas Wayne in this movie is not, not the greatest guy and he, he has the he could clearly be much worse than is let on yeah and i think that would be that's that's a cool thing again it's not explained and that's just that's just one way to look at it and i agree that that does not make a good movie
2: well i think i mean, in terms of this it actually does give you evidence of both sides as opposed to him just He's the Joker, so who you can't trust him. It's a false narrative or whatever. Like, this actually gives you both sides, whereas there's flashbacks to her getting the paperwork and her Mm -hmm. being like, oh, I never adopted a kid. I don't know what you're talking about. And then even when it comes to, like, the abuse of her boyfriend or whatever, I mean, Thomas Wayne could have just paid somebody to, like, sit with them and abuse them in a room for how many hours. I think that's very believable.
1: I, I agree, except for one thing. With all the other things that were meant to be quote-unquote, which one is it, they gave you or if you're going to do that as a, as a, as a narrative technique, you have to introduce something. Whether it, Even if it's something that's unreliable, they don't actually introduce what the alternative storyline could have been. You know what I'm saying?
2: Like, Well, he had sex with her and he was the illegitimate Father yeah, yeah, but you,
1: if you if you're gonna do the thing with a flashback to him being in a hospital and backing his head on the wall, if you're gonna show flashbacks to her being interviewed and not remembering or having like the psychotic break, the dissociative personality thing where she's not gonna yeah. get it, like you would also have to have some sort of like, even if it's like a silent, like the oh, like the the Christopher Nolan, very 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 light spoilers for Memento, the scene where he's sitting in the chair in the black and white and they flash. You know, you have to have something like that to point to what it could have actually been. You have to get that, you know, it could be a a quick silent flash to a little boy walking down the street and someone cracking him over the baseball bat. You know what I mean? Where it's like, Mm. oh, maybe this isn't real. Without that, the only conclusion you can actually come to is that the Wayne side of the story, the side of the story that's written down on government files that were stolen from a government repository. That's the only true outcome you can determine from this in this in this situation. Al
2: you're not getting it. He won't release his tax records. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine,
1: but in this movie, you know what I mean? You have to have
2: some I just think this is the best use of the false narrative where they actually at least gave you evidence of both sides where Mm -hmm. like the mother said, Look, I had sex with this guy I know you're mad. There's a whole scene where he's mad at her because she tells him the truth. And yeah,
1: but I don't like how that starts getting into a whole literal he said, she said thing here is not great. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: That, but, that, see, and, that's, and here's, that's the thing, though. Like, there's a, that's why I say there's a lot of different ways to look at or interpret parts of the movie or the movie as a whole. Uh, I understand that does not make a great movie because I usually don't care for that. I think it's because of the subject matter that I'm more interested in it uh, because, I can because get on the board Joker.
1: your perspective on this if like I said they have to introduce doubt into what the ultimate final like say is and okay, when so here's, the final me, say let let me, can only go one way
0: here's my version of that uh, and the one that this is the this is my version of what I how I see the movie and why I like it because I'm, I'm choosing to see it this way and I can be wrong and that's fine uh, but this is this is what makes me like it so the There's an interesting thing that goes on throughout the movie where uh, there are times when the character is clearly dangerous, right?
1: Yes, that's what I was talking about before.
0: Right. Uh, there are not na- actual changes in visual cues. You just know it by the narration. Yes. Um, that's interesting in itself.
1: It's actually there's, not 100% true, though. There are some subtle changes in the narrative cues, which is why it's not. The only the, the only difference that I could really spot
0: is how he speaks. He speaks a lot more clearly when he's clearly daydreaming. Which uh, is
1: a cue in its, it's of one. itself. Yeah,
0: I know. I'm, I understand. Uh, but what there's I'm also saying some
1: is... Li- there's some lighting things, too, like I said, with him. Oh, when, he the- looks, when he looks out into the light with the, the comedy thing, they, I think they even might have like kind of slowed down, like, the like the frames and, like, cinematography or whatever, like, the, the actual, like, when, like, some of the stuff when he's close up with her, is, like, time seems to slow down a bit.
0: Sure. Th- yeah, that's just, uh, I, I don't, that's a little bit inconsistent the way that that happens yeah, and, mean, like, the scenes that it happens in. Uh, what I'm getting at, though, is there's a so, and, and, bear with me, because this leads to something interesting that I found that I, I kind of want to go back and watch the movie and look for it. Uh, but, so, him telling, this is, I'm picturing this as, as him telling the story to that last person that we see in the hospital that he kills. Uh, he's, this is like a the Joker kind of manipulating this person by just kind of seeing what they can get them to believe. Kind of just having fun telling the story. He likes to tell stories. He likes to do weird things and see how people react.
3: <laughs> not in the movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, I got to agree with Gary because this is what I was going to say is there's never... A time that they give to you that the narrative device is this someone recounting a story and that's why I said it's a, why it breaks for me is that the literal narrative structure is of us following him from day one to day 50 or whatever it is there's never a device that shows that this is someone recounting a story the only thing there's more, no, the only there's thing no that I could say is that there's is no that flashbacks break. and flash forwards
0: there's the one flash of him uh, I do think there's something important to the flash of him hitting his head
1: Yes, but it's, it doesn't hold up to the idea of it being a narrated story from one person even, to the other. Even
2: if that was the point, the movie mm-hmm. sabotages itself when he says, you know, or what's so funny, and he's like, you wouldn't get it, and it just cuts to Bruce Wayne in an alley with his dead parents. Like, that's only there for Batman fans. That's not the point of the movie is that he orphaned a kid. doesn't even <laughs> know that he orphaned a kid. Because he didn't shoot Thomas Wayne and, and Martha Wayne. So, you know, I mean, if you want to be as interpretive and broad with this movie, like, that's great. But even in Shutter Island the stuff that, like, Scorsese has produced and stuff, it's, at the end of the movie, it still gives you something to go on. And this movie just did not give me enough
0: So, to go on. this is the thing that happens with the killing joke. That uh this is the reason why i didn't actually the first time the first couple times i went through it i wasn't a huge fan of it going through it again and, and reading a little bit closer at some of the dialogue the things that he's saying and some of the quote-unquote flashback scenes of him uh it's very possible that none of that actually happened either in the killing joke i don't uh, al i don't know if you're familiar with the story but it's basically
1: I'm, I'm familiar with the broad strokes of the story but i've never
0: read or watched it okay so he's a he's a stand-up He's, a, he's trying to be a stand-up comic. He quit his job at the chemical factory uh, to do it. Uh, he's got a kid on the way, and he's not making any money, and he's freaking out. And he gets uh, pulled into this job with some gangsters. Uh, right before they pull off the job, he finds out that his wife died. It's, it's very abrupt, and it actually doesn't make a ton of sense if you see why she dies. And, uh, and then he starts to... He, and while they're trying to raid this chemical place... Uh, they get sworn by the cops, he falls into the chemicals, becomes the Joker. That's that's how it happens in that, in his in these flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, he has this awesome line about uh, when, he's, when he's chatting with Batman later on in the movie. I think I wrote it down here. I'm uh, He said, if I'm going to have a past, I prefer it to be multiple choice. And if you look through that the, the story they tell you of his quote unquote origin in that movie there's a, there's a ton of holes in it. Uh, and it doesn't appear that if you it, it's, it's very possible that none of that's true either, it's just kind of telling you this wacky story
1: so that's um, what I'm saying though because that's your, what you're describing is someone clearly recounting a story to someone and in no point in this movie does not, it ever feel like that's the narrative
0: the story's not, that's a thing the story's not recounted, it's just placed inside of the comic, it's not being told from any perspective
1: and you said it's it's being done through
0: flashbacks so. though. It, well, it's, it's a different color scheme. It's not actually a flashback and there's no they, there are certain things that kind of line up to what's happening and mirror images of what's going on that like that triggers the like the advancement of that previous narrative. But that's fine, I, but
1: that's that's what I'm saying is that's still that is a that is a device that is clearly showing to you this is someone telling a story, whether it be internal monologue, whether it be one person telling someone like to whatever like it is a device that's showing to you. It's, again, like the mementos thing where it's the situation that's going on in color versus black and white. You know what I mean? It's a framing device that's showing to you that this is someone recounting a story to himself, to someone else, to whatever. It's, it is a device that is pointing to you the fact that this is someone recounting, and then it's up to you to decide whether the person is narrating reliably or unreliably.
2: Yeah, I mean, the killing joke is good because it's the killing joke. Like, if we <laughs> have just that version of it on screen, I would still be happier with that. I mean, on top of, like, the narrative problem, Arthur Fleck, like I said, is not relatable because he's very clearly just a mentally ill person. The the Joker that we get in the killing joke is just a loser. Like, if he was just a beat-down loser or whatever who snaps one day, wide audience can still, like, relate with that better than someone who, like, has a laughing disorder or can't even hold a job as a clown because he gets beat up with, by kids for no reason. I, you know, I, there just wasn't enough there for me really to go on narratively and
0: in terms of him in character development. That's fair. I think you're both making very fair points. Like I said at the beginning of this, I think the point that I have to, that I have to be very clear up front was I when the when I finally sat down to watch the movie? I wanted to like it, and I think I found ways to like it. And I don't think that that's the I don't think that I'm right, but I found a way to enjoy the movie myself, and I did enjoy it.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I think that some of the, the, the reasons why you said you're trying to find it is like looking for these alternative things is because when you when you peel back the layers and just look at what the script actually provides to you there isn't the substance that allows you to dive into it. So you have to find reasons to look for things. You know sure. what I'm saying? Stand-
0: standalone, the movie is very flawed, but the movie yeah. isn't standalone. And that's, I think, it that's is, the, it it's, is, it's though. not, though, because the Joker is built like, on I mean, years and years of a character that's been established a hundred different times. There's a history there.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, if you, maybe you haven't been following because you've been out of town for the last couple of weeks. Todd Phillips has repeatedly, adamantly stated that he's not making a Joker movie. He's I making think, a movie yeah. that he co-opted to become the Joker because that's the only way he can get it made. He's repeatedly stated that. Which yeah, means that... I
2: think the real false narrator is
3: <laughs> Todd he,
1: he has yeah. repeatedly He's repeatedly said, I wanted to make... The, he's, the, the specific quote was like, I just wanted to make a really good fucking movie, and this is the only way you can get it made. They shoehorned in Batman... Mythology to make this movie. What an asshole!
2: It's me. like it's like
1: Zack Snyder making a Superman movie and not understanding Superman. It's the same yeah, way to same situation.
2: DC, <laughs> that's DC for you, man. I, hey, hey, you know what? I didn't love Far From Home. It's not my favorite Spider-Man movie. It's probably in the middle for me, but I had a much better time at Far From Home. Joker.
1: Well, it, it would be tough to have. I a,
0: have God, I would hope so.
1: <laughs> like, it to have a good time because this is like a super depressing movie but it's also by design and I actually like I had a hard time like, like getting through it from that perspective because like, like the movie just depressed me but and it makes it like a tough watch but I, I'm not actually going to kill it for that because I believe that that was intentional um, This, when you consider like the subject matter of a, a mentally handicapped person who just dealing with a, just platters and platters of shit served to him throughout his whole life um, you don't have to like it. You shouldn't like it, probably. Like, actually enjoy it, quote-unquote. Like, you're not, like, having a good time at the movies watching this movie. Yeah. But, I, but. <laughs> I understand that that's the case, so I can accept that, and I, I'm not digging this movie because of that in any way, shape, or form, but it is a factor. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, because you don't know Heath Ledger's backstory, for sure, and you do see Jack Nicholson's backstory, and Jared Leto exists, I guess if you want. (laughs) But, I mean, even when Jared Leto is, like, really lame because he's trying so hard, Joaquin Phoenix is not trying at all, and he's just as lame, in my opinion. Like, (laughs) the Joker is not cool. The Joker is not cool in this movie. Like, people wanted to dress up like Heath Ledger, people wanted to dress up like Jack Nicholson and be like, yeah, I'm the Joker, baby. Mm-hmm. but like <laughs> is that you sugar puffs and <laughs> no point in this movie is like joaquin phoenix cool or sure. would you ever want to like reiterate what he does so,
0: so yeah i think you're right um, and then to kind of circle back to al's point about uh, the quotes and the interviews whatever with todd phillip the, that, the core part of him, like, the, the depressing part of the story, like, the depressing version of the story, like, just as it is as a mentally ill person dealing with all of this and, like, all of this craziness in his mind, that's, maybe that's the movie that he was making. The end caps that I'm choosing to accept as uh, that turn him into the Joker, I think, is, is, the, is the piece that, that shoehorns, like, the Batman aspect around it. Uh, that is, I mean, I, I, that part of it works for me like that. Uh, there's, a, there's a particular, there's a particular uh, Joker comment that I have where he's just, he really is just a very dark psychopath. Not as, uh, the cackling is not, like in, in a lot of the Joker, in a lot of the comics and a lot of like the cartoon stuff, like there's, there's scenes where the Joker, you kind of, you, you like the character as crazy and terrible as he is, right? He's kind of fun. He's uh, entertaining, at least on screen a lot of times. Mask uh, kind of the Phantasm. <laughs> exactly, but there's like there's really dark versions like that are like that are very like almost like, like a horror movie. His face off or whatever. Death there's the family. There, yeah. There's like there's there's one particular one I have of I, I I don't remember. I think it was like a I think it's like just called like Arkham Asylum, like um like the games, but not not based on that. But it's a uh, like it kind of starts off where he's standing outside the hole and he's got a nurse and he's holding her like with scissors, I think, to her throat and like having a conversation and almost, almost casually, like, just, like, just decides to kill her, like, as part of it, like, just, just to see what's next, like, like, that creepy horror aspect of his, like, chaos and not knowing what he's going to do, because not even he knows what he's going to do, like, that's, that's very, that's interesting, and I could see that being a piece of him telling the story, just to kind of see where it goes, maybe see if he can convince this lady, and then he kills her, like, I don't, it's just wacky, like, he's, he's crazy, and I, That made me, that made me like fit this movie into, uh, what I think about the Joker and how I kind of always liked that character or I found that character interesting. And I, I, it fits in that sense. But I, again, I agree with a lot of the points that you guys are making and stand alone. I don't think it's, it's that great, but I am, I am, I've got too much context from other things that make me enjoy it a little bit more.
2: I mean, yeah, I, you know, I listen to the reviews. I like the Weekly Planet Pod or Jeremy Johns or Watch Mojo or whatever. But that doesn't mean it's in the movie. Like, you can be like, this leads to that, leads to this. Sure. Because you saw this, that means that. But- sure. Yeah,
1: but as that's, the I, issue, that's the issue I'm having with your perspective as well. As I think you're, you're projecting onto it your own reverence for the character and the stories around him in a way that Todd Phillips very clearly did not.
2: I wish I could see that version
1: of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So did I, because, well, let's talk about a sequence of the movie that I actually really, really did like, and it was like, because as soon as I was done watching the movie, I was like, fuck, man, if that was the whole movie, I would have been totally in the way that you are. The sequence from right after he takes the call from Murray Franklin's booking agent, and is going to go on the show. The scene until that, until shortly after he sits down with Murray and is Beginning of the intro, that 30 minutes of movie was so compelling. It was really really good yeah. and if they had kept that energy with the whole movie, I would have loved this movie because I was I was riveted for that half hour it's from where he sits down he starts putting on the makeup, he's running through his lines, he's practicing the thing where he's gonna he, deliver his joke and he's gonna shoot himself the um, at the, yeah the, the two guys show up at the apartment, he kills Randall, that whole thing. The, the, the he starts leaving the cops chase him, he gets on the train, all that sort of yeah. stuff he gets to the show is in the is in the is in the makeup room, and then does the intro sits down, starts making his first couple of jokes, I was riveted for that half hour. It was really good, and that's but what so I'm much not- of the other crap brought it all down
2: yeah, if it was just like a mini series of like ten to fifteen <laughs> minute clips and they released it over a time, like sure, that would be awesome but you know, there's just not enough there in between the really cool clips. Also, can we talk about Thomas Wayne going to the theater in the middle of a giant protest where people want to kill him?
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that did feel like real life. That's just that the
2: worst Batman bad. origin I've ever
1: seen. Like, why, if you
2: were just a rational person, why would you go out during a <laughs> giant riot that started because you called all poor people clowns?
1: I mean, especially when you consider that you have a gigantic estate that's like an hour by train away from all of the danger, you're actively choosing to enter the lion's den unprotected. <laughs> like, one guy got there. <laughs> he
2: was able to put his fingers in your son's mouth.
1: Oh, uh, it's true. But the one guy you can deal with, it's the guy, the murderous oh, clown who's actually going to murder you. Yeah, no, why is he putting his hands in his mouth? It's not... Oof. That's not okay. That's not okay. Um, uh, but, uh... <laughs> So, the mo- i feel like the movie took itself so seriously, like almost start to finish. And like at times, it worked. Like the whole sequence in Arkham was was pretty compelling too. And that's where it's like we're yeah, dead was, serious yeah, drama was, right that. now. And like him reading the file and starting to play back those things and like looking at them from a different perspective. It's like okay, that's some interesting stuff. You're right. This does need to be handled deftly and with seriousness, but. The best scenes in this movie were ones with levity, even if it's absolute pitch black comedy, which is what, like, the best movements in the, in the whole thing. When he gets fired, when he's in the phone booth and he's trying to explain and, like, make a joke about having the gun and it's part of my act, like, it's dark, dark comedy. When he kills Randall with the, the scissor, and then in the immediate aftermath, the other guy whose name I forgot, which is pissing me off, and I am trying Gary. to. Gary. Gary, that's right. When Gary is freaking out <laughs> in the corner. Of course, of course, Gary remembers it. As Gary, <laughs> uh, Gary is freaking out in the corner, and he just sits down and he's like, "No, no, no! no I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill you." <laughs> I mean, sure, I just stabbed the shit out of that dude with the scissor, but I'm, I'm not gonna kill you. Well, that's, Go ahead, yeah. and leave. If he had like, more agency
2: and he made more decisions, like throughout the movie, I'd be like, "Yeah, I get what this person's doing." But, well, that was that
1: was one of the few times where it was the case. You're right, like that. He, yeah. he makes choice in that moment. He wasn't forced into that. It's him finally finding his footing in this world and he does, he attacks it with vigor and it was shocking and gruesome to watch and it's done and then they start playing it for incredibly dark laughs, right? Where he goes to leave and he's like yeah. jumping to get the lock and can't get the lock.
0: I was <laughs> oh like, horrible. oh, I
1: shouldn't laugh at this right now. But you are because it is your, the, the, the thing we talk about all the time on the show, right? It's the pressure release valve for the super tense thing that you need to laugh to like reset your focus.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: oh, okay, it's okay to laugh, even though it's really not okay to laugh at this. And then, hey, I need your help. And he goes, oh, okay. And he goes, yeah. he's like, Boo, as he's walking by, right? He's like, oh. he's like, no, 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 Go ahead. get, get out of here, cra- kiss on crazy That's great. That was so <laughs> yeah, he gives him a little kiss <laughs> on his head. And he comes, <laughs> and opens the thing, and 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 they then they they do pull back for a second. They do get really serious right there. He goes. You were the only one who was ever nice to me. Yeah. And it's like okay, you know what? That's that makes sense. Compelling character development. That's compelling 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 narrative choices. It's gruesome tenseness that's then deflated with like black comedy. That was really good.
0: There were there were only three I I think three scenes that really felt jokery to me. That was one of them. The, but that's what it is.
1: That's the only one that felt the,
0: like the Joker. The second would be the just the Scooby Doo ending, like of him running in the distance back and forth while people are chasing him. Uh, and the third is when he when he's fired and he clears out his locker yes. and he yes. punches and he's laughing. He punches the thing and he crosses so it out true. like the, the whatever the sign said. Like that was very that was very Joker. Don't smile. you yeah. <laughs> have to punch out. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
1: those were great Yes, those were the little times you're right where it's like oh this kind of feels like something Joker related and that's yep. why I said it's, this is a Joker character grafted onto an entirely separate movie for the purposes of getting the movie made
3: mm-hmm. by
1: DC um, and what makes it it's what excludes it from being an actual Joker movie which kind of defeats the purpose for me Is I guess been my point yeah I'm, I don't
2: It's just a sick man dance. I mean, they could have done so much more. An easy fix before we wrap up here would just be that if you did a flashback at the end instead of him dancing out of the hospital or whatever, just to show that, like, it was really his plan the whole time or something, like he planted all the clown masks or, you know, he just did something to actually cause, you know all of the destruction and mayhem that he actually does, or maybe he killed some other people that were on, like, Murray Franklin's guest list, so he bumped himself up or something. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That actually would have been interesting. You know,
2: that would have been interesting, but the film does nothing with that. And, And if you want to interpret that it does more than it does, that's fine. But as someone who sat in a theater in a seat and watched it from start to finish... I just need
0: something. I need a little kibble. Something. Sure. I need a little kibble. <laughs> I think, and that's totally fair. And like I said, if it wasn't a Joker, and I, I understand what you're saying, Al, about the the way the movie is grafted onto the Joker so that it works. If this wasn't a Joker movie, I would completely agree with you, and I probably wouldn't have cared for it as much. But it is a Joker movie, and I am, I am going to use that context.
1: Yeah, but uh, you're passing down like the genetic, D, like the DNA of all of those stories and it, like in the way that like learned behaviors are passed down from like dogs or wolves. Um, and this was just a Trojan horse that slapped on a wolf face and is pretending to be one
0: that maybe those, maybe those middle portions of the movie. Sure. But there's somebody else that was added as a writer. Like they had somebody worked to this. end. There, there's, there are ways to make it, there's ways to look at it. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm saying that I'm, that's how I'm looking at it is with the, Batman, with, the, with the Batman history. The movie, regardless of what you say, this is a Joker movie. It's a Joker is the name of the movie. It's based on that character. It's in Gotham City. The Waynes are there. Other characters are there. This is in that universe. So it does have the context.
1: Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say about all that, though, is as much as I loved that whole sequence leading up to him being on the Murray Franklin show and him getting onto it, I love, I actually really liked it the way that, you know, they play the music and he comes through and he does yeah. this whole dance, dance routine completely different than the routine he was practicing that was aping and then, the one that he saw. And then kisses he sits, the lady. Yeah, he kisses the lady, <laughs> which, which like in a non-violent way was very Joker, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why I said I really loved that like half hour of the movie. Um, and he sits down and I, I can't remember the specifics of, of how the conversation went, but he, he starts doing some like anti-jokes mm-hmm. and then he starts breaking out some of the jokes and like, like that was all good. And then the point where he finally bears, starts to bare his teeth, right? And he sits down. It completely shattered the illusion that was created for the past half hour that it was really enjoying. Because at that point, it's not Joaquin Phoenix, and it's not Arthur Fleck, and it's not the Joker anymore talking to you. It's Todd Phillips is talking to you right then and there. And he, throws yeah. it, he chooses that opportunity to throw a temper tantrum. Um, and it ruins the ending of the movie and really retroactively ruins most of the rest of the movie in addition okay. to it. What's up, Gary?
2: No, um, I mean yes, you're probably right. I still like the setup of him like the classic Joker setup where he does something on live TV and now mm-hmm. he's in control.
1: Yeah, but the problem is the specific words that he starts using. The, yeah. I don't remember the whole screen well, that he goes
2: all, on. They're all very specific. They're his own prop. So his thing is he has no bigger message. He just wishes his life was better?
1: Yeah. Well, the other, thing, the other thing was there's a specific line in there that struck me because I've heard Todd Phillips himself say this in the last few years. Before Joker was even on the map, really, at least from, from my own perspective, um, he's been bitching for years now that you can't do comedy anymore. And that's a uh, specific line that Joker says in that sequence. It is a specific thing that Todd Phillips has talked about in recent years. Because you remember, he did old school And he did the hangovers and this and that. And he's one of these guys who's been bitching and moaning that you can't do comedy anymore because everyone gets too offended and triggered by it. And so this was his opportunity to throw a temper tantrum and take his ball and go home. And it pissed me off a little bit because you know what? Make a better movie. People will fucking laugh because you know what? This whole thing about comedy has to be edgy and people, it's just jokes, man. Sometimes it is. Yeah, sure. Totally. I love shit. I've left at blue jokes. Like I'm, not moralizing in that way, shape, or form. But comedy isn't about being edgy and being a dick and punching down at people. Um, and the best comedians will, be all, will all be out there and fucking tell you. Look at someone like John Mulaney. He's one of the best comedians out there right now. Hmm. He didn't do any of that shit. Look That's at George, George Carlin 30 years ago was talking about that shit. This isn't new developments. Even when so I don't have distracted. time for that shit. Like
2: shows that we're watching right now named like, you know, eight or nine comedy. That's not the problem. You're right.
1: Yeah, look at you know, the old ones we are talking about. 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, The Office, Scrubs. That wasn't anything in any South of those. Park. Well, no, South Park has, has towed the line on that one, but it's not all of the stuff that they've done. Sure. I, funny is fun. Yeah. Like, look at, look at Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They took years and years laughing at all these people's expenses, but in the end, it was... No, we're laughing at the idiot who's doing it. It was the Blazing Saddles model. You know what I mean? <laughs> they did the Blazing Saddles model minus using the actual N-word all the time. <laughs> um, and people don't even understand what that movie was about it was never about using the n-word it was about making fun of the idiots who think that that is something that can be used to denigrate those people well, comedy isn't about just dropping the n-word because it's funny and edgy and cool you know what I'm saying yeah. or any of those variations on those themes and you know, so this sort of stuff at the end was just a temper tantrum to me that I, didn't, I, I don't have time for it
2: that's a good point it, it definitely bothered me you know the content of what you're talking about is upsetting. Yes, I just dislike just the text on the ending with him sitting in the therapist office. And if that wasn't there, then yeah, I mean, you know that takes away from some of the ambiguous thing that people take away from the movie as a whole. So if it just kind of ended with him on the the ambulance or whatever with a blood smile or uh, that. that still a better visual and a better moment for everybody to walk out on, as opposed to I'm dancing, and why are my feet blood? What's going on here? I got away again, I guess,
0: somehow.
1: <laughs> uh, right. that, would be a, that would be a better ending. If with
0: that's with really them. funny, because if that was oh. the way that the movie ended, I wouldn't have liked the movie.
1: Uh... Yeah, but it would, have been a more, it would have been a more fitting ending, though, to what had actually yeah, it would transpired the last two year, no, no, no. two hours.
0: Well, if, if it's all Real.
1: Yeah, which is why I'm saying I don't love that tacked on thing because it, it feels like they're tacking on the opportunity to read it in the way that you are, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't really tee that up at any point in the two hour plus runtime. And it does make, a, it
0: makes a little bit of sense that that would be what's actually happening here to your point of, he had a movie he wanted to make, but had to put it in here because it does, the reason yeah. it works in here is because it is, it, the way that is left up inter- to interpretation is because you can make this, these Wild assumptions that I'm making based on the history, but if you if you end the movie where where uh, at the at the blood smile, then uh, then I believe that it's, it doesn't. It then at that point, if that's just how it is, then they, they then they completely miss the mark on the Joker. That's that's my problem with it.
1: And that's what I'm trying to tell you is if you've been if you look into what what Phillips himself is saying, the director is saying. That's the only way I can interpret this movie. It's like Noah Aronofsky making the the, uh, the Noah movie a few years ago. He specifically yeah. said, I'm coming out to make a movie to basically put the middle finger to the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And if that's the if that's the way you want to live your life, fine, I'm not gonna judge you for that perspective of it. But if you're gonna come in and be like an insurgent filmmaker, like I'm going to co-opt that story with my own personal beliefs, fine. But don't expect any of us to be impressed by it. You know what I'm saying? And it's what he did yeah. here. He came in and was like an insurgent and co-opted what the Joker is to tell the story he wanted to tell. What
2: me and Al I think are pretty much saying is that there's just not enough interpretive stuff on both sides for both of us to be happy. For your okay. group of people that did like the movie and our group of people who didn't like the movie. And if there was just more of a middle ground or another flashback or the Joker made more decisions based on what he was doing, based on what we saw, even if you want to say that the Joker made a, he was in charge of it the whole time. He knew exactly what he was doing. That's fine. That's not what I would see. out there.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and to, to what Anthony's points have been of what he liked about this or what the like, proposed dualities um, in how you can interpret this sort of stuff. I considered those things during and after watching the movie, but there just isn't enough evidence on screen to support the, the duality model in, from my point of view.
0: Yeah, well, it almost seems like it's a, uh, in order to make it a Joker movie, that has to be the truth, like, for like, it, to, it to be the Joker. But mm-hmm. to what you're saying about how he went about making the movie, it makes sense that he wouldn't actually dive fully into that and give you that explanation because he didn't want to. I get that. That's fine. I mean, that,
1: that could be the case. I, I, guess, I guess this movie would have been better if they went all in on it being Joker, or not at all.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe a better filmmaker could have done it better. You're right. Uh, Todd Phillips is not that guy. So. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, 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 I guess that's... He made, like, a, he made a confident film. Like, let's not... Disagree no, that was, that. that was the first thing you I let off That was the first thing I let off with. looked great. He, gave Joaquin Phoenix really good direction based on what he wanted out of him. Mm-hmm. It's just not all there.
1: No, I cannot dispute any of that. It's, it's what I let off with because it is the most overtly positive like bit of this movie is it was very competently technically made. Um but I don't know. I just it 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 just doesn't it it doesn't work. And even like even at the end when he does this he has this whole screed about you know, it's society rejecting me and treating me like shit that's caused me to snap, basically. That's his one guiding principle, even <laughs> though he said he has no guiding, he has no guiding principles, but that, even that isn't true. Yeah, the, 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 the twist, The twist that you've decided to, to foist upon us is this whole thing about his mother and or indirectly and through her boyfriends or husband, whatever, directly abusing him is what's created this monster, you know what I'm saying? And that's to be pitied, um, and what he's chosen to become with himself, if he's basing it on the societal model, is not something to be pitied. Um yeah. something to to mourn, sure, um, from a from a society's perspective. And if if there was ever an attempt at a guiding principle of the movie, I suppose that's what it was, but they spent no time at it until they decided to just come out and say it at the end. Um so I, I, I don't know. Um I don't know what we're supposed to take away from this movie really is what it comes down to. Um, it's, it's a movie that seemed to have a lot of thoughts, but nothing to say about them.
0: Yeah. So, uh, just for, just for some fun tinfoil hat things that I, that I dug up after I, after, (laughs) after my theory. So like I went into, uh, after thinking like, Oh, maybe the whole thing is just him telling a story. I started to go down a rabbit hole of, of content to see what people have like dug up on this. Right. Uh, and there's just a couple of things that really resonated with me that I thought were really interesting. One of which that was the most interesting I want to go back and, and rewatch it and look for is during what I would assume to be him telling this story to the psychiatrist. Anytime there's a clock, the time is 1111. Just a silly thing, but it's just a it's just a, it, it seems it, it makes it feel like a fabrication. Uh, the other thing is there's numerous times where he's been doing dances that I thought were interesting, and it's clear that he's hearing the music, and it's almost as if he's remembering it that way. That's what I thought was funny about should, that.
1: While you're on that, one second, because I saw yeah. something really funny the other day. Um, someone said, can we get this movie but remade from the perspective of the two detectives? Yeah, Because it all, it, all, it, it, it all culminates with that scene with them at the top of the stairs looking at him and if you're seeing it from their perspective, it's just he, silent and him dancing. He's just dancing, and they're like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on?" <laughs> I think that was in the. I think that was in the exit survey on the Ringer when nice. they had seen the movie and talked about. It. Well, I can't remember who said it, but uh, it might have been Miles Fury. I think
0: that's that's great. And, and the uh, one of the last things was uh, just just his suit. He gets this probably semi expensive suit. Can't really explain it, um, and. Maybe he killed somebody and got it. Maybe he stole some money. Who knows? There's no explanation. He just has it. Uh, and just like becoming like dressed up in this, in this way and then doing that dance. It all just seems like he's starting to lose it as he's telling the story and just kind of having fun with it in his jokery way. If that's the, the case. Suits, the suit's
1: not cheap. You ought to know. You paid for You're it. For it. <laughs> Actually, you that is it. One, the, one, that was the one thing that wasn't an, ob- like an, uh, like a, an absolutely overt like, homage to the Scorsese stuff was the the shot at the end, uh, when he's in the cop car, is absolutely an homage to the Ledger Joker, uh, mm-hmm. where he's Great. sitting and leaning with his head against the, and the camera is right outside the window looking at him as he's leaning outside yeah, the, the, at the edge of the cop car. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I remember thinking at it at the time. I was like, you know what? That reminds me of that. And then uh, Ben Lyons, who does a lot of movie stuff, uh, he was on the Levitard show the other day, and he said it, and and I was like, okay, I'm not the only one who felt that way about it. That that makes more sense. Nice.
0: Well, this has been fun. I really, I I enjoy when we do an episode and we're not all on the same page.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry if it seemed like me and Gary were ganging up on you. We basically didn't actually discuss any of the content of our arguments. We purposely... We wish
2: the movie was better. We wish we totally (laughs) fun. I
1: did. I did. As soon as we were done, I was like, oh man, I, I could see how I would have liked this if they had just done, they'd taken some of the elements that they chose to do and they just did them differently or better. Like I said, that half hour was really, really good, and if you could have found a way to make a two-hour movie that was just, that kept that energy, mm-hmm. I would have loved it.
0: And I, I, I liked the movie for a lot of reasons that are probably not real, so that's, I, and I, I, I totally accept that.
1: <laughs> okay, I was going to say, are you feeling more hesitant about that now after having talked to the two of us? No, no, I still think that, okay. um, I i I'm taking
0: away from it what I'm taking away from it. I, I I'm gonna continue to appreciate the movie. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna own it and I'm gonna like it. And I'm probably gonna see it a few more times. Because um, nine,
1: nine, nine feels strong for someone who ultimately ended up accepting agreeing with a lot of the. fans. No, that's
0: and that's that's fine. The, I'm just the nine is strong. Be- is there because of just my love of this universe and just what it what it could be. Uh, but I agree with you as a. I should probably knock a point or two off because it's not actually that way. It's left. It's what I'm getting out that, of it is that's, based that's on interpretation what I'm
1: saying is that seems like a high mark for someone who ultimately, if not agreed with at least accepted a lot of the things that we were, the holes that we were pour- poking into it. Cause ultimately I think I texted back to you that I had it as like a six and a half, because mm-hmm. like I said, it's like, it's not like it's like a dog shit movie. That's like just made poorly. It's just no. like, it just misfires yeah. a lot. You know what I mean? Like, but like, like I said, it is really a quality production.
2: Sure. I don't even think it misfires. I just think at points it
0: doesn't even fire at all. <laughs> 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 um, all right. Well, any closing thoughts on Joker? No, I think that's it. Yeah, hit us. Okay, so not the Batman Robert
2: Pattinson 2020 or 2021 or whatever, but the Batman Returns 2023. Would you guys want to see Walking Phoenix come back and have them just tie in the universe, No. No.
1: No? Okay. All right. No, this, the, the, the movie that they made doesn't work if you want to make it a part of a larger Batman universe. Hmm.
2: Because it's all there. I mean, and then the Batman's going to be in the 90s or whatever.
1: Oh, is it? I, I actually hadn't heard that that if was the case. If they really, really wanted to, they could do it. Yeah, I don't think that this take on this character... I think it works as a one-shot like this. Mm -hmm. If it's going to work, it works like this.
2: Like, in that universe, we're gonna get another Joker, like, if that movie does well.
1: But if that's the case, it's gonna be more down the line, I would imagine. Okay, alright. If you're giving yourself years of separation, you can justify... Hell, we had three Spider-Mans and, like... True. real, real, (laughs) Real calendar time we had three Spider-Mans in like six years. Um, yeah. so like you can do it. It's just you just need some time and space. Like how we had this m- we had this movie two years after Suicide Squad, so Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then there was the Birds of Tra- Birds of Prey trailer that I played before this that was not good.
3: The funny Come on, thing is, is Birds of Black
2: Math. We've never gotten black math. And you know what? Say what you want about Harley Quinn. She's funny. None of these jokers are ever funny. And
0: <laughs> Harley Quinn's funny. No, she, you know? she I think that she, the, the accent that she's using is like she really feels like the cartoon version of Harley Quinn, which I think is really cool. I just don't, yes. I didn't get anything out of that trailer of what this movie is going to be. What about
1: Mary Elizabeth
0: no. Winstead? Come on.
1: I mean, I'm a fan of her personally, but sure. um, it remains to be seen about this role. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think the movie is going to be. Uh, I, I worry that it's going to be as much of a garbage fire as Suicide Squad.
1: I mean, probably not just for having comedy. can't be, right? Involved. It can't be. I don't know. They're making another one. Like, <laughs> Shazam was good.
2: Shazam was great. I loved Shazam.
0: Shazam was really good. That was fun. Yeah,
1: I I remember Shazam?
0: remember Shazam. I do. Shazam? It wasn't
1: that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing it when I was a kid, but I don't actually remember anything about the movie.
0: What about Steel? I just remember it
1: was. Sh- what?
0: <laughs> I said what about steel
3: <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> we should uh, do steel one day that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the 6 we hope you enjoyed it as always if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss you can send those requests to Flicks in 6 at Spinchoon.com or tweet us at the SpinTune tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness until then I'm Anthony Costanzo I'm Al and I'm Gary Drake thanks for coming out